Okay. This is Walter Simonson for 11 O'Clock Comics. Tune in. This is Louise Simonson for 11 O'Clock Comics. It's awesome. <laughs> Lovely. Back again. It feels like a longer stretch than usual. I think that's what threw me off. Right? It wasn't for that. I know it wasn't, but it feels like it was. Because there for a while, we were ganging up. You know, we were doing two a week here. You know, back and back. And it was the holidays. And it just seemed like... I didn't pay attention as much because it was the holidays. Because I was just so invested in the spirit, right? Um, but now, the dust has settled. And it just seems like I've been missing both of you. Wow, that's that's like probably the most heartfelt thing you've ever said to us. I don't think so, but you know, if you take it that way, it's good. No, it really hasn't been. So no. I'm just trying to play up to type, I'm playing, trying to play up to stereotype. Right, right. What is this thing with the clothespins? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, Nina follows me around the house and puts clothespins on me when I'm not looking, and they say tag on the clothespin. Is this a Impractical Jokers thing? Let me repeat. I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's, I guess, many people in our area do it, like children, teens, 20-somethings. This is a, 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 a pastime that in which they engage. They put these clothespins on people, and then you walk around like a big muthog with a clothespin hanging on you that you can't get, and they think it's funny. And I seem to be the 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 butt of all of the clothespin jokes that it's funny when dad walks around with i'm thinking it's a rural, i'm thinking it's a rural pa thing okay like hannah hannah or no that's a pa thing you're losing me left and right here sorry yeah seriously oh boy jesus well, we are a mess what's going on this is fun though and this is also 11 o'clock comics 647 people and i am vince b Oh, you are Vince B, and I am David A. Price. Yes, that is true. And some know me as the Butcher of Blaviken. Others know me as the White Wolf. But you know me as Geralt of Rivia, the Witcher. Wow. That's pretty cool. Thank you. I almost started watching it. I'm really enjoying it, but I'm at... I. This is Well, this isn't a spoiler, but I, I'm just about to say something I thought was this a spoiler. But I, I watched the first four episodes... And now I'm at a crisis as to whether I should rewatch them because I didn't realize, and this is probably a me thing, not a them thing, that the show jumps around through very different timelines. Hmm. And I just figured it out like midway through the fourth episode. And I don't know if I'm supposed to have figured it out that way and I'm, I'm supposed to have just pieced it together. And, it's, and that's the point. Or if I was supposed to realize it from jump because I was familiar with the source material and I should watch it from the beginning and knowing that because it uh it was certainly i've been entertained by it but i've also been confused by it and now i realize that my confusion is presuming that i was watching something linear wow it's probably very subtle because you well they do that intentionally there's no there's no cut scenes there's no uh interstitial text saying oh 1917 you know there, it's yeah. it's it is done i think intentionally to to make it vague but but i'm just wondering if i would get more out of it now if i rewatched it knowing that it's a time shift 
Ah, well, I was going to say it's it's probably very subtle because you are far above average intelligence, and if you didn't pick up on it, you know what I mean. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I think what I think part of it though is that I, as with most things, I watch it kind of with one eye. Ah, uh, you know, like you're doing other things. You're, um, it's I'm not I'm not like committing to it fully. So maybe I need to commit to it fully. Maybe I don't know if any of our listeners have watched it already. Chime in about whether you think I should start over, which I'm happy, more than happy to do because I have enjoyed it, or if I should just just go with it. Mm. I like the theme song a lot, but mm-hmm. um, are you familiar with Leo Moraccioli? Uh, no, he's a he's a, a musician, extremely talented musician. Plays guitar, bass, drums, keys, like everything, and he does a series of YouTube videos where he'll, he'll cover popular songs. I think his version of Zombie is almost better than the original. Almost. Uh-huh. But he did a cover of Toss a Coin um, to Your Witcher, and it is amazing. Just unbelievable. Uh, Leo. Do you read Mo- the books to play the games? N- neither. No. Damn. I have the game, though. I mean, I just, but I just literally played it for the first time the other day. Um, oh. Henry Campbell's great in it. Oh, yeah. He, he, he really, I mean, the dude can really act. He's, I, he's, I know he has a striking presence. I like I said, I haven't seen yeah. it, but but and, you're not uh, you're the, you're not the yeah. Witcher. Well, it's true. I was just gonna say the lead actress in the show, Anya. The actress's name is Anya Chalotra. Oh mm. my! They were saying that she should play Big Barda. Is she? Is that the one they were they were saying, or is it the no, woman from no, Star no, Wars? No, that, the, they were saying that about uh, about the actress from Star Wars. Uh, uh, the man, oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. But you're not the Witcher. Oh no. You are Jason Wood, everybody, here together on this. The uh, the latest, I did tell you what it was, but I'll tell you again, 647, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. Unfortunately, it's doom and gloom because the list of specials is not up yet. It will be very soon. And rest assured, when they do float those beauties before your eager eyes, you can uh, expect that the discounts will be both deep and plentiful. Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of good trades coming from DC this month. I, I'm hoping my budget does not get shattered. Jason, you may yes. be surprised. I broke $300 for the first time, not last, not last order, the order before. Wow. That is massive for you. It is. And I blame Fanagraphics. Because hmm. Fanagraphics listed about 10 Richard Sala books at one time and some of them i had in single issues some of them were in uh like zero zero the anthology and in other places and i'm like why the hell not they're like 40 percent off i'm just gonna get them all so i ordered 10 books that i wasn't expecting to order and it kicked my my bill up like it was 311 bucks that's a lot for me that is huge yeah Yeah. so i'm hoping i get to pick like maybe eight free comic book days this month this year Mm -hmm. No, isn't it based on your, the previous year? So next year you'll be able to pick up. Last year, yeah, last year was pretty high too. I got to yeah. pick uh, six last year, I think. So maybe. I don't know. I don't know why my voice is cracking. But discount comic book service. <laughs> in the water. DC, is something in the water. DCBService.com. <laughs> What's up, gentlemen? How you doing? I'm settled in for a long one because, um, like I said, I'm missing it. I had I had a, a 
couple very good days, but something very dark and sinister looms on the weekend. So yeah. I want to have some good times with my boys mm-hmm. right now. And mm-hmm. f- yeah, for those of you at home, my my girl goes back to to uh, school on Saturday, and I'm not looking forward to it. But you know me, I'll get over it. We all get over it. That's right. Yeah. And what are y'all drinking? Don't all jump up at once. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am drinking strawberry kiwi seltzer okay you're allowed yeah yeah it's, it's not keeps, super exciting i realize keeps but. you sharp you have a tendency to you know the the points seem to drop off the iq when you drink i'm just saying that, that's facts, that's facts. <laughs> never well that we like dap to go last so i'll go yes i am drinking from and remember i said i will go at least three months without repeating myself Second link in the chain, I am drinking from Cigar City Brewing, Echo Amano, born in Tampa, Florida. It's an IPA called High Lie, and it is exquisite. Mm-hmm. I, once the everything is uh, expended and I, and I burn through all this beer, I may be an exclusive High Lie drinker because this is very, very, very good. It's hoppy as hell. Jason will not like it. No, not my thing. You just lost me. Ooh, tasty. Dap, what are you drinking? Uh, I am, I believe I had this last week as well. This is uh, a blend. La Mas Mora de Todas. Oh, nice. Thank Some... What, what's the year? The year on okay, that? Sera, sera. Uh, 2018. Oh. It's a product of Spain. Red wine made uh, from varieties, dark cherry color with violet hues, intense aroma of ripe, jammy fruits with licorice and violets. And I'm, yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of may, may, the bouquet is a little more, I guess, Free than the taste. It's it, it's not super dry, but it's it's nice. I like it. Nice. I have a thank you. Oh sweet. Oh, I do too. Oh, maybe yes. I do too. I got to think about it. Hmm. Well, when you say it, I'll be like, oh yeah, me too. I received um, a package from Mister Max Beckman. Oh yes, I did not. And he uh, he did it. To thank me because he didn't know about the Corbin Mutant World Kickstarter, and he said he wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for me talking about it on the show. Mm-hmm. I find that hard to believe, but I'll you know I'll give him you know it's cool. And he wanted to thank me, so he said when he went uh, to um, is it Stuart Ng Books? How do you pronounce Ng? I've never I would think it's Eng. Yeah. yeah. So he he went to Stuart Eng Books to get the Mutant World because that's the place to get him. Because uh, he mess he messaged Jan Stranad and Jan said, "Well, you got to or you got to get him at Stuart Eng." And while he was there, he saw this book, and he's like, "Okay, I know who would like this book." And he was not wrong. I put my Scotty Young hat on. I literally mm-hmm. jumped up and right. down when I pulled this book out of the box. It is an auction catalog. Oh. Yes. It's called Vinyl Conflict, 
the world of Godzilla toys. One of, the, it, I mean, it's it's a bittersweet uh, publication because yes, it is voluminous and exhaustive, and it showcases hundreds and hundreds of of toys, movie posters, uh, vinyls, everything, uh, some comics, the uh, the freebie that was given away. At uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon, the, the the freebie four-page comic, which I have a bunch of them, and uh, tons and tons and tons of Godzilla, some Ultraman stuff, but primarily Godzilla-related toys and all that stuff. But one of the biggest Godzilla collectors passed away. Mark, oh Le- really? Yeah, Mark Lavosi, and um, he was no like you in every hobby. You hear the names. Like, oh, you got a good collection, but, you know, your collection pales in comparison to Mark Lavosi's collection. He was one of those kind of guys, right? And so he passed away, and they, they, um, all this stuff went up for auction, and they published this, uh, companion piece so bidders could know what they're, on, what they're bidding and the condition and, you know, exquisitely photographed, um, toys and and everything and it's just it's an amazing amazing book the it's hardcover the cover has silver foil on which this amazing graphic of uh Ghidra Godzilla Angelas was uh on which it was printed it's just a phenomenal book like this is it's an auction catalog but it's far more than that right this is the book you go to the shelf to say ah you know I'm looking for this um this Billiken model, I wonder how much I should pay for it. And here's a picture of it and what the auction company expected this piece to go for. Mm-hmm. So so you take a look at the date and say, oh, this was published in 2019. Five years later, I'm going to expect to pay 30% more than what, you know what I mean? So this is a reference tool. It's a keepsake. It's it's freaking amazing is, is what it is. Like, I don't know what kind of square footage this guy owned in his house or even if he kept this in his house but i would think that all of these uh uh toys and stuff would require a museum in which to uh to house them because there's a lot a lot of stuff in here and he also as if that weren't enough he also sent me um a record a vinyl record um of from his band it's uh oh, nice. yeah it's camp Sweet. Camp Slush Tone with Half Past Two and Mastering Karate, and it's a uh, it's a an LP. It's a it's a long player. There's uh, two. It's like ten, twelve songs on it. I didn't listen to it yet, but I'm sure as hell going to. So I got to say, Max, he did a brother a solid. Thank you. Big awesome. time, big time. That, that is awesome. awesome. Um, I have to thank. Um, our friend Jim Whiting for sending the second issue of Margot. Uh, two copies. One included the um, Joe Sinod inked variant cover. He also sent me the monster art of Basil Gogos. Right. Uh, and it is the limited Henry Hall cover. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to have fun flipping through that. And uh, the uh, fourth, second issue of the fourth volume of Deep Red. Um, <laughs> from Yeah, he sent me uh, the Margos, too. I got I to gotta read them. Uh, 
We can tag team. Okay. Uh, our good friend, Mr. Christopher Hubble, sent me um, the two of the uh, Walmart 100 pages. Uh, the He sent me the, the Superman 100 page giant first issue, but the one that um, the one I was waiting for, the one that I was happy to, to get um, because it was posted, I, I believe our um, Bill Z posted it on the Facebook group, but the um, they were doing a tie-in to the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event, and, and so um, there was a uh, the George Perez cover to, to number seven uh, was I think the version well it was a variant it was, there's there's one I think also by Jerry Ordway uh, so Christopher sent me these two but I received another copy of it from um, Mr. Frank Lanza one of our uh, nice prolific slackers uh, and, and Frank not only sent the Crisis on Infinite Earths he also sent me the Superman Giant, as well as the Batwoman, Supergirl, World's Finest Giant, and Ghosts Giant. He also included uh, the um, the hardcover to the all new X Men and Guardians of the Galaxy crossover, The Trial of uh, Jean Grey, uh, the trade of House of Mystery, Room, and Boredom by Sturgis, Willingham, and Rossi. Uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man 100 Project, which was uh, published by Hero a while ago. And but the, the best thing in this box, the coolest thing, were the original series, Star Trek, Trading Cards, by Skybox. Um, a bunch of, of uh, random... Random cards, a couple of dupes. It's not a complete set or anything like that. I got the checklist. But I I bought the first set, the original series and the Next Generation series, when they were still Impel, not before they became Skybox. And these, with the gold foil, and, and I, these are very sharp, very nice looking, the, the um, glossy coating on uh, on the cards, unlike the, the first edition that 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 they published um there's some gold foil on some of them there's there's a couple of chase cards here he um he 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 hooked the brother up i was i was just flipping through these and and the cards it's a couple of cards per episode so you kind of get a couple of scenes and and some backstory on on the episodes and with the star days like that but this was really cool so i mean i just i gotta think i at um i was not um expecting all these goodies um when a couple people asked me if and and actually chris absolutely surprised me um but frank reached out and and asked me if i was still looking for it and this was before i got either copy so he um i his note was listen i didn't just want to send you one comic i figured i might as well um if i if i got to ship stuff if i'm going to pay for shipping let me put a couple things in the box and 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 Man after my own heart, he reused the uh, the DCBS foam in the box to, to ship the stuff. Keep it green. That's it, baby. Yep. Thank you, gents. Nice. Awesome. So them their comics. <laughs> yeah. Should we um? Should we just mention that uh, 
case people have been wondering that we have having some, some website issues. I'm sure people have... We are having some website issues. Um, the, uh, the, the O'Claskers, the Google form, you should use the, the, um, the shortened URL for the time being that, that, that you gave out before Jason. Cause yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's rebrand R E B R A N D dot L Y slash O'Claskers. Uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's some website issues that are being worked out. Um, I'm, waiting for the latest update um hopefully my phone won't ring while we're recording but yeah it's it's uh it's been a long and torturous and arduous process and and it ain't, it ain't been fun but yeah we 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 will have the site back up soon vince of course will post the links like he did last week in in the usual spots and on um facebook twitter reddit every place like that and and we um and we'll have it all straightened out. But I, that, that, that's not stopping the O'Claskers from, from going on. You can still vote. Um, we're, uh, this is really just the, and, and, and because of that, I, we have a bunch of, um, of patrons who have, uh, shifted to the Slack channel, uh, or upgraded to the Slack channel and, and the upgrade, entitled them to a shout out and and i haven't been able to put that list together so we'll 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 do a blast of um of a bunch of people in the next episode uh once once we get that list straightened out and we do also have um the book of the month underway and and that that poll ends next week um and but right now i mean it's off to a um Roaring start. I'm quite a little surprised, very happy to see some of the um, some of the votes, the some of the books getting majority of the votes. But uh, started off at the top, our January book of the month. The your choices are Agents of Atlas, Brat Pack, The Flaming Carrot Omnibus, Global Frequency, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Hard Traveling Heroes. Grumble Volume 1, You're the Dog Now, Man, Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, Volume 5, Miss Tree, Volume 1, Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, Volume 1, Stuck Rubber Baby, and Ecstatics, Volume 1, Good Omens. That's a good list. Indeed. That's what I'm yeah. hearing. Yeah, Dap and I were talking um, before Jason got here, and the uh, the top three vote-getters at, the, at this current uh, time we have to hit dead well we don't have to but if it hits dead center jason will be a happy camper if it strays to the left or to the right jason may not be so happy <laughs> interesting because i don't think any of those books that you just named would be off-putting to me really why would they be well let's just see after you read them <laughs> <laughs> well let's see uh let's i'm see. curious now going to take a look at what the votes are yeah okay uh any other business before we none at all but we would just like to say that jason mentioned that the slack is exploding and that's true and the slack is populated by who patrons and if you would like to check out what this whole hubbub is about go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and you can find out it's like every day three four more people come up 
It's crazy. It's mayhem. It's a lot of fun, though. Oh, and then we have somebody cracking the whip. Mr. Moderator over here. He's like, well, you got to have things in, in threads and you got to. And he's right. I just like to give him a hard time. But it is structured. Don't expect to come into this thing thinking it's like Wild Wild oh, West. Willy nilly. No, no. Yeah. It's Jason has a lockdown on the structure. And I, I love him for it because <laughs> if it was me, there'd be like monkeys dangling from chandeliers and everything. So, so wait, let's, let's unpack this for a second. Uh,. <laughs> The three I see now maybe it's changed. The, the top three yeah. I see right now as we record are Miss Tree, yes, yep, Ecstatics, yep, and Flaming Carrot, yes. Yep. As I live and okay, breathe, I suggested Flaming Carrots. So okay, <laughs> true. Why are you laughing? It's because it's ironic to me because I, I I'm just I know you. I, I, I think you're going to love the way it looks, Jason. Uh, I he's going to be like, the hell is this? What, well, I know what, what it did looks it? like? I own it. I, know, oh, I bought Did it. you read it though? No. Okay. All right. It's just. Do you it, think I'm not going to like it? No. Burden's style of humor is very absurdist, and I don't think it's going to be a hit with you. So, based on what I know about you, I don't think you may find it a little bit amusing initially. But if we're going to read a couple hundred pages of Flaming Carrot, I'm thinking you're going to be climbing the walls by the time this thing is up. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, ecstatics. I, is, I assume the one you assumed I would be happy with. Of course. Yeah, oh, sure. And then mystery, I know absolutely nothing about. It's a little dry, who, but it's good. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know when it came out. Max Allen Collins yeah. wrote it. Rose Terry Perdition, Dick Tracy, yeah, um, Terry Beatty, and, uh, Terry Beatty on, on art. I'm probably gonna hate. It. It's very pulpy. <laughs> I'm probably gonna hate. It. Watch, watch the votes just fly in for that. Now. Yes, yes. Please, people, vote for either um, mystery or flaming carrot omnibus. But I'm not. I'm not trying to. Well, listen. Anything. I own the Flaming Carrot Omnibus, so I would love for a reason to own to read it. It's okay. been sitting. Yeah. So, so if you're going, if you're choosing between that and this tree because you think it's going to be funny to see me squirm, choose the Flaming Carrot because I already I, I own that. And I I would be happy to okay. to figure out find out if Vince is right. And either of those books is going to fill Dap and myself with joy. So don't worry about us. We'll we'll muddle through. It's <laughs> it's all about Jason. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So let's talk about some comics. Jason, why don't you go first? Why don't I go first? All right, yeah. second here. Yeah, let's see. Um, you know, it's uh, I don't know what it is. Like, I can't quite figure out the why of it, but I feel like I've been reading a ton of horror comics. Sweet. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I know you're happy about it, but it's just a little surprising, just, just given the time of the year. And I think part of it is the Hill House launch, right? Because I've been loving that. And so that's... We're up to, what, four of those now? So that's four horror books that I'm reading. Um, and then there's another book that is a Dark Horse book, which I guess I'll start with, and that is Manor Black. I read the first three issues that, that all that, that I should say. I've read the three issues that have been released. And what attracted me to it was the creative team. It is um, uh, Cullen Bunn, um, co-written by Cullen Bunn and... Um, I should know this offhand, but uh, it's uh, oh God, what's his name? Wasn't that Tim Seeley? No, no, no. Sorry, I, I was blanking. Uh, it's written by Cullen Bunn and uh, Brian Hurt. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And then the art is by none other than Mr. Tyler Crook. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, and this is the team from Harrow, from Harrow County, and I think they're going back to Harrow County at some point. 
But I guess this is just a little interstitial project they're working on. So I don't know how long Night or Black is supposed to be. But uh, but first of all, let me just say that Tyler Crook, um, I'm not telling our audience anything they don't already know, but he is a badass. He really has an amazing style. I I, I think when I first saw him a year a bunch of years back, I um, I liked liked it, but I don't think I was like it didn't imprint on me as he didn't imprint on me as one of those artists that I just had to pay attention to. And I don't know if my tastes have changed or he has just grown as an artist since then, but he's, he's a sight to behold now. Um, and he's good at everything. He's good at, at talking heads. He's good at, I mean, most of the stuff he's done has been horror. So he's, he's, he's good at evoking horror and existential dread. And he, he has a very, very strong way with, with eyes. He does big, huge, scared, intense eyes. Um, and so the team for sure works. Okay, it's a, I'm just checking. It's a four-issue miniseries, so I've read the first three issues. So I guess I won't go too deep in the plot because I don't want to like ruin 75% of the book for people. But um, but the, the premise is, is a fairly simple one. Small town. Um, there's a family, uh, the Black family, and they, uh, they, they basically are the mysterious, rich family that has been there since – they've been there longer than the town even – has been around basically people have never remembered a time when, when the, when the, the black family wasn't there and the uh, current patriarch of the family uh, appears to be on his last legs. Time is running out quite literally. And uh, it's clear that this is a world that you find out right in the beginning. This is a world where magic exists. Now, again, I don't know if this is a situation where everybody in this world knows that magic exists or just the, the character's, that we've been introduced to are, are wielding magic and the rest of the world has no idea I, that I'm not sure. Maybe it doesn't matter. Um, but either way, uh, the, the black family are uh, a family of mages and they clearly have, um, some kind of pact, whether it be a blood pact or a pact with some kind of, of, of dark gods that, that provide them with, I'm, I'm presuming power and influence and, and long life and what have you. And, uh, it's clear that, uh, that the patriarch has to name a successor from his family before he croaks. Because if he doesn't, then it looks like there'll be chaos and hell to pay. But he hasn't named one yet. And so his his wife and his kids are jockeying to be that successor. Uh, and they all have their own motivations. And uh, it looks like he's going to go in a different direction. I'll leave it like that. And um, uh, basically, the other protagonist is a young uh, black woman um, who appears to be able to wield fire. And that intrigues uh, that intrigues um, that intrigues him be- for reasons that aren't quite yet clear. Um, and all this takes place in a like a. It, it reminded me of South Carolina visually, but I I guess apparently judging by Cullen's uh, description, it takes place in Georgia. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty good so far. Like I said, I mean, there's I guess there's only one issue left to go, which surprises me. Um, so I guess we'll get it all wrapped up, but. Uh, but it's a it's it's a murder mystery, and it's a it's a case of of also um, rural gentrified succession. So they're playing with a couple different themes together. Uh, it's got a bit of a I know if I say this, Vince is going to groan because it's a high bar, but it's got a bit of a Twin Peaks vibe to me, just in the sense that it's 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 got the the the, the quirky offbeat characters that interact with one another, uh, set in that setting. It's the same kind of setting, but. Uh, you know, I don't 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 hold my feet to the flame on that. Just no, kind of. It's a kind of, it's a great 
comparison because it instantly imparts the atmosphere of what you're you're trying to get across. It mm. may not actually have it, but when you say it, it's kind of like Twin Peaks. I immediately think of a ton of things that this book could be, and so right. and no, it's a good, it's a good comparison. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Like I said, Matter Black. Um, I know that Vince, you've been reading the uh, the Hill House stuff too. For the most yes. part, I think that's some of it. I have to say, I think the initial titles are stronger than the last two titles for me. Stop, because I have one of them tonight. Okay, well we'll get to, we can get to that. But I, I guess for me, I think Basketful of Heads and Dollhouse Family, uh, which have had multiple issues come out are pulling at me, uh, have a stronger pull on me than um, Lola, Lola Woods yeah. and Daphne Byrne. Um, I thought that Basketful of Heads was the book to beat until Daphne Byrne came up. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Kelly Jones, come on. Yeah. Seriously? Well, so... so and- yeah, that's interesting. And I know D- Dap's a huge fan. I have to say, I, I, I wasn't overwhelmingly thrilled with the art. Oh, you, but you I mean, didn't I don't like dislike it. Listen, yeah. I don't dislike it. I'm not going to diss the art, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't just, I wasn't, I didn't feel the siren call of it like I, I have with say like Matthias Bargara when he did that horror book. Um, name escapes me right now. Where they were all getting turned into cannibals. Oh, cannibal. It's called cannibal. Um, <laughs> think, uh, that book with the cannibals. Uh, what's it called? Yeah. Oh shit, cannibal. Um, or like, I just wasn't. I mean, look, it's much, much prettier than uh, than uh, than Danny's work. No disrespect to Danny, but yeah, uh, um, I don't think Lola was, was her strong suit. But but uh, yeah, so I know you guys. You guys apparently are just much bigger Kelly Jones fans than I am. Well, if you remember, you did not like Kelly's contribution to the detective comics. Um, that's right. One thought you were you were a little salty at it. Yeah. Yep. In in fact, if I can quote, no, nah, I won't. Um, <laughs> oh, do you remember the quote? But you, you you were talking about the the beautiful Joker panel, and I was just like, oh my god, look at this panel, it's amazing. And you're just like, can't have that. Oh, this is all coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, I can't have that. I mean, I guess I I'm know. Consistent. You are nothing if not consistent. But <laughs> so I mean, I might as well just just roll right into it now. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's written by Laura Marks, illustrated by Kelly Jones, with color art by Michelle Madsen. Uh, as Jason said, it's the latest released in DC's Hill House imprint. It's called Daphne Byrne, and it is a period piece. New York, eighteen eighty six. Uh, if you are a fan of Hammer films, and who's not, but uh, it, this book has a very strong Hammer vibe to it, which is, in my book, a very good thing. Um, obviously, because it's titled Daphne Byrne, the, the, the book centers around a very young girl um, named Daphne Byrne, whose father died under what some of the uh, girls at Miss Farrow's School for Girls. That's where Daphne goes. And if you think the the name Miss Farrow was just an offhanded inclusion, um, I doubt it. Because if you remember, Mia Farrow was the lead in Rosemary's Baby. And I think that may be the road down which they're going uh, with this book. But we'll see. Um, so the girls at Miss Farrow's school, um, they call 
the circumstances surrounding her father's death disgraceful. We don't know exactly what they were, but it's not sitting well with the population. Um, and judging from the remnants of their lives before they lost their father, the Byrne family were pretty, well, they were moderately affluent. Like Widow Byrne has her own carriage um, and a maid. Uh, young Daphne's enrolled in a private school, so they had a couple of, of coins, you know. But after the husband died, mom is having a bit of a tough time keeping the bills paid. So, um, but Mrs. Byrne is fairly young um, and and not unattractive. And here she is without a husband, uh, one she misses very much. So um, what does she do? She seeks out a psychic to help her communicate with the spirit of her late husband and it's all a sham, as you would expect, right? Um, and she takes Daphne with her after her initial exposure to this psychic. And she's like, you got you to gotta come with me. This woman's amazing. Just, just come and, and you'll see. We'll talk to daddy. And Daphne's like, yeah, okay. So um, the, the psychic does her, her thing. And Daphne's like, oh, 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 ask him about the time. And she crafts this totally false memory. And this, this psychic is like, oh yes, he, he remembers that well. And they get out of the, of the psychic and, and Daphne's like, you mom, it was a total lie. It, it's, it's bogus and, and the mother's not having it. And she's like, I made that up. And, um, so Daphne is very smart, right? And she had a very, very close relationship with her father. So much so that she feels like her mother the the loss of this very important figure in her life but in a different way like Daphne will go to the cemetery in which her father's buried and just while away the time and she talks to dad and dad's you know in the ground um she's she's set apart from children her age right not only her intelligence but she has an affinity for the dark stuff um her hair the way she dresses and and her thoughts uh, she she's very open to going to a graveyard by herself. You know how many kids do that? You know, especially in in eighteen eighty six when superstition ran a lot higher than it does today. I mean, we know things we didn't know in eighteen eighty six, right? Uh, but she knows there's another layer to existence. Um, she moves at her own pace, as if she's moving, you know, through another world, and she comes to the attention of someone. Don't we're not given a name yet, but the the dude is young and he's pale, and he he tells Daphne, you know, um, you can look at me as a brother, and he comes to her in her dreams, or is it? It's one of those fuzzy dream scenarios where you're not quite sure that um, you know it's all taking place in Daphne's head or if it's happening in the real world, and th- this kid, young man, let's call him, is surrounded by the reanimated dead. And it's typical Kelly Jones reanimated dead. They, there's a you'll get a dead man vibe from it in, in some spots. Um, and he invades Daphne's dreams and manipulates her into sacrificing a pig to something. Like this pig is all trussed up, and he's he's like, you know, you want to do it. You you, you got to embrace the darkness. You got to embrace the violence and set yourself free. And she she does it. She kills the pig. Um, and like I said, we're left wondering, what was it a dream? You know, you're going to have to buy the issue to find out. But it's pitch perfect 
a, a book for me. It, it's got the hammer influence, the, the gothic tinged Kelly Jones art. I mean, it's, I thought it was great, but I mean, we're not giving, we're not given a, a ton of information to start off with. Like it's a, what is it? A, a six inch issue uh, miniseries? Jason? Uh, I, I can check for you offhand. I don't know. But it doesn't say on the cover. Yeah. I mean, all the Hill House things are miniseries. I don't, I don't think there's one ongoing in the bunch, but. I thought it was wonderful. It's it's what you would expect from Kelly Jones teamed with someone named Laura Marks, who I'm not familiar with. But <laughs> no, I, I, I thought it, there, it, there's definitely a feminine edge, and I don't mean that as a, as a derogatory comment. Well, there, there's a, there's a, an organic, feminine, worldly, growing thing that's in this book that doesn't feel like it was the work of a man. Let's just say that. It's a, it's a total compliment. I'm not saying yeah, it's no, that, it's it's it, soft and fluffy. It's not either. Um, it just seems alive in a way that, um, yeah, I can't put it into words. But I, I just get a if even if I didn't see on the credit page that this was written by a woman, I would guess that it was. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, it's, I mean, I. I um it's weird. I it, it absolutely looks amazing. I think it, at times it's it's a little too bright considering the setting, but I think that just makes Kelly's art pop even more. So I'm not I'm not upset by the art team at all. Laura, I'm 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 more familiar with her. I don't know if this is her first comic, but I'm I'm more familiar with her her other work where she's um I don't know if I've I only just started watching the first couple episodes of The Expanse, and I know she's attached to that, but I don't know if she's been with it from the beginning or if she's a part of it now or if she's in between. Um, but she's also worked on The Good Fight, which my wife and I are, are big fans of. And, and yeah, that that tends to um, skew more towards uh, women's point of view as far as the subject matter and and uh, the, the protagonists of the show. Um so I know she's she's done work outside of comics and based on her resume and what I'm familiar with her work, I do like what I've I've seen. This I I I enjoyed it a lot. I mean I it it was Kelly that that drew me to it, no pun intended, and then the fact that I saw her name as the writer. Like yeah, this 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 kind of seems like a no brainer. I have um I have a couple of the Hill House books on the stack to read. I've thumbed through most of them, so uh, I, but I haven't. I haven't sat down to say, okay, I'm going to read. Um, starting here, I, I do have um, basketball head start. So I mean, I, I I like the imprint, and and uh, I dig the um, the Sea Dog serial that he's got running through each issue every week whenever a new one comes out and i i don't know if that'll be collected later on or if but it it's i i like that you know gimmick of you know if you want if you want this complete story make sure you get all the books in the line which which is pretty neat especially since it's not it's not like it's you know a 15 title line it's it's four five six six comics so it's 
doable. But yeah, I find it excruciating. The, the, what, the, 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 the sea dogs. Yeah, I find it. It's painful to me. Because not not be- pages no, because no, not because of the content, but because I have to buy all the freaking books to read it. <laughs> and th- you know, that's you can see Oz behind the curtain. It, the the sausage is right there. They want yeah. you to buy books, and it bugs the shit out of me. Uh, it's I think Sea Dogs is very well done, but it, the fact that I have to read Lolo Woods, which I did not like at all. Okay, all right, and no, that's it, fair. You know, no, I, I, yeah, if I mean that, that would be a. Bit- it's a bonus if you are enjoying all the books. To, sure, to even get the the the, the, the two page backup. But yeah, if, if if you know if you're going to spend a couple of bucks for only two pages when there's another twenty two that you know you don't want to bother with, that's that's a pain. Right, but as you said, it's probably hopefully going to be collected someday. But um, and I'll I'll just I'll scoop that up eagerly. But I don't like the fact that I got to catch them all like the Pokemans to get this story. But yeah, I think they're they're batting. What's a good batting average? Eight hundred. I, I think <laughs> I th- three hundred is a good batting average. But. Oh, okay. They're they're, they're batting like four hundred because uh, most of the books out of Hill House have been very 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 good. Yes, it is a strong start. I do agree. Yeah. I, I think uh, I liked it. It's it's. Uh, I like how tightly, like thematic it is. It, it it's not even even the type of horror so far has been largely the same. It's occultish, supernatural, um, psychological. There there isn't, you know. I mean, yeah. it's it's all it's it's all kind of that got the same underlying theme to it. So it feels it feels more vertigo than vertigo did towards the end. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's no losers, you know. Pick and choose what you like. I am, I, yeah, I am fascinated by what a draw Kelly's is for you two, and 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 I find him not a draw. Well, um, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what it is specifically about his style that. Oh, for Vince, I, I think I don't part like of it, that you guys like. Yeah. Oh, well, see that. No, that that's not. I. I mean, one thing that I think Vince does find him so appealing in is the aspect is that he's he's. Um, I don't want to say modern day because Kelly's been around for a minute, but I mean he's he's, um, kind of the closest thing we're getting to a modern day Wrightson. Yeah, after Matthew Allison, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know. No, he does not have the finesse that Wrightson had. Sure. I mean, you just pick up the, the Frankenstein book and you can see that, that uh, Wrightson was a maestro. Very, very, very detailed, very exquisite line work. Kelly doesn't have the that kind of control. He's more of an expressionistic Wrightson. If that yes. makes any sense, totally. um, but I first encountered Kelly on a book called Chrome, way, way, way back in the day, and um, it it was not a horror book. And I was like, "Oh, this guy's not bad. I'll stick with it. You know, I'll read it." But then um, the, the the icky, sticky horror stuff started to eke out. And then when Kelly was on Batman, holy crap! I was like, "Oh my god." 
And then and the, the one-two punch of Dead Man and Batman, stop. Like, I, I just thought, I think he's very, very good at doing that, albeit narrow window of what Kelly Jones does. You know, I, I don't think Kelly would be suited to draw an X book, right? He has a, there are subject matters that Kelly is very, very um, tuned to. And then there's a lot of other ones that he's not. So I'm not saying that he's like, um, you know, the, uh, the, the be all and end all. I just love what he does really well. It's his, I enjoy his work the same way I do Sam Keith. It's, it's going to be exaggerated and not, um, you know the the physics are there, but it it's it's it may not necessarily be able to exist in in the real world. But it's 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 a distinct style, and I mean, I may I may not be in love with his version of of Batman because of the years on the cowl, but there are best, best anyway so <laughs> many other things about. I mean the. The shadows, the way he just he he he'll he'll leave just enough so you know that that's someone's you know eyelash and 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 there's just it, it, there's I really do appreciate appreciate his style. It's it's not um it's for the most part it, it it's different than what you're gonna get pretty much anywhere else. I, I flipped through a recent um. Well, not recent, but it uh, from a year or so back of um, there was a Justice League annual, the the one of the uh, spinoffs where it was Batman's team with Killer Frost and whatnot. But but the, the annual was drawn by Kelly, and and it was um, the the characters for the most part in it were uh, Lobo and I think Black Canary, and and I I like. His Lobo, it's different than business, but it's still you can still tell it's Lobo, but it's it's a Kelly Jones Lobo and it looks great. And I just yeah, it's I, I really, really do like his style. It, it's it's not like Vince says it's not gonna fit. I don't know if I'd yeah, I, I could see him drawing a Spidey book, especially if mm-hmm. you know it was like the symbiote era or or you know, he was just going against some crazy creature like like Wrightson did with Hookie. It, it's like you know, I don't necessarily think Bernie is the Spidey artist that I could ever imagine, but it it worked in that Marvel graphic novel. It, it's um, but I think it's I mean for for Joe's imprint, it it was a no brainer to put Kelly on one of the books. Yeah, like Kelly has he's not a virtuoso when it comes to women. Right. I, I I think all of his women look like Sean Young. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, but was, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Um, and Kirby had the same problem. Kirby was not had didn't have a facility with the female form, as well as he did with the male form. Like when when Jack drew women, it always seemed a little off to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, still wonderful to to look at, but there was like a uh, an off kilter, askew thing going on with these women. That's like Kelly Jones. You know, I mean, if you look at the guys in the Wrightson camp, Kaluta, um, Stout, like all great with women and everything they drew. Like, I just I just want to I, I guess when I mention Kelly Jones's name in tandem with Wrightson, I'm not saying that he is of the same level. He's of the same approach. 
Got it. Yeah, yes. that, yeah. that makes more sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I got mad love for Wrightson, but... Oh, who doesn't? Right? Facts. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on the, the Hill House books. They're, they're, they're really stoking the, the fire. So I'll, I'm, I'm going to just keep enjoying them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What else do we have? I have not one but two Antarctic books tonight. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. What? Two. Must be well, Jason's dig- birthday. Well, I was going to say, we're digging into crates because, uh, yeah. No, they're all recent releases, too. Oh, even better. Yeah. Uh, speaking of recent release, um, yesterday I picked up, picked up the books from the local spot, came home, and read two right off the bat um first one being the 101st issue of teenage mutant ninja turtles um by sophie campbell um store consulting did she so when you say so did she write it and draw it yes oh so she replaced wachter well she replaced them on art uh, and and she replaced uh, Eatsman, Walst, and um, was that were they the only two main writers? Because there's still the story consultants on this issue, but this does say script and art um, okay. by Sophie. Uh, but it it picks up. Um, I don't want. To, well, the first page, first couple pages kind of pick up after um, City at War, but then we uh, we cut to six months later and. Since um, uh, since Hob has released that that the mutant bomb and and turned citizens of New York into mutants, uh, the city the the met the mayor and uh, the state have built a fifty foot containment wall around parts of the city so that um, the mutants can stay in. Humans can stay out while um, they work on um, finding out who some of the mutants are because they weren't they haven't all been identified yet. Um, then what's unfortunate is that if, if you had any any children who became mutants um, and were separated from their parents um, or maybe just dropped off on the curb because you know a parent can't raise a salamander for a kid now and whatnot so it's 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 some of it is a little um it's it's uncomfortable in parts uh purposely so but it 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 absolutely looks fantastic uh so if you can draw turtles like like <laughs> very few um it, it makes it look effortlessly and and it's um there's Part of the st- part of the issue is is told um, by Donatello, who is uh, Donnie's kind of letting everybody know the status on 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 his brothers, um, what uh, what Leo's been up to, what Raph's been up to. Um, Mikey kind of keeps to himself. Um, he fusses over his new cat clunk and 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 dotes on him protects him and and um you know leo's taking care of a, of a greenhouse and um 
Jenik is kind of in this weird limbo because uh, she's her, she's pretty much only known Splinter and, and the Foot Clan, and now without either of them, she's um, almost like a Ronin. Where it is no, it, it's it's she she's not hanging out with the brothers because the brothers are all splintered anyway. They're not they're all doing their own thing, um, so she's kind of just a little lost. Um, but she, uh, she comes across a lizard in distress who, um, who was bringing food to the shelter that, um, Alapex maintains and the lizard, her name is Mona Lisa. Uh. She gets, um, she gets jumped by a couple of, um, like mutant, they're supposed to kind of be like the guardian angels, but they're more like bullies and thugs. And, um, Jenica shows up to stop them and, and, uh, handles her business. And as she and Mona Lisa start walking back to the shelter and, and, and having a great conversation. And, and, and I, I thought these few pages were absolutely fantastic because we, we really got to, um, because during City of War, and, and I don't know what 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 Brahm might be doing in the miniseries for her, but because I came back to the Turtles so late, I know absolutely nothing about Jenica, and 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 except for the back matter in the issues of that arc. But all I knew about her was, you know, hey, here's Jenica. I know she stabbed, and now we got to give her transfusion, and lo and behold, so these few pages told me a hell of a lot more than what I knew. And, and, and granted, and that's no, no fault to, to how the story was told in, in city at war. There was a lot to cram into. And, and a couple of those issues were, were even exercised. And I still didn't know who everybody was, and what everybody was doing. So, um, for Sophie to kind of give you, um, uh, let somebody like me know, who this character is, what this character's feeling. Um, and because, and I don't know how much of it may, because uh, I didn't read a lot of Sophie's Gem and the Holograms work, but I don't know. But because of, of some of the language here and 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 how Jenny was transformed and what she's going through, and I, I, I there, if, if I'm reading into it, that that's me, but there seems to be some, I, I absolutely believe that that this is being written with with, with someone with, with with experience. So, um, I just I, I felt like I said I thought these pages were absolutely fantastic. The the art is great. Um, ends off on a on a pretty pretty spiffy um, cliffhanger. But yeah, I mean the 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 few pages of action we get. I mean the the, the quiet moments with with what characters are doing, what they've been up to. Um, those are nice. You actually get the sense of, you know, the, the, the solitude and loneliness and that works. But then when you have Jenny showing up to help out and, and, and fight a couple of other mutants, um, the action flows really well too. So, I mean, it's, it's from, from start to finish, it's a, um, it's a top notch issue. If, if you, if you weren't reading city at war and, and, you know, you, or a Sophie Campbell fan, or, or you just want to see what's going on with the turtles right now. Um, since they're all trying to make sense of, of their lives, it's, it's, um, it's a pretty solid jumping on point, I think. But yeah, I, I absolutely thought this was a fantastic issue. 
Sweet. So Sophie Glory Gem Campbell drawing the turtles. How's that look? Is it look? Is it distinctive, or does she try and do it more like a house style? No. It's distinctive. No, it's very distinctive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Her alloplex is freaking phenomenal. Oh seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's got a good look. I page through it and I'm just like, oh my god, this is great. Even but, April Neal. I mean, the two pages, the two panels we get of her. I mean, it's like, yeah, this is this is, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, very I'm, very I'm, very I'm, detailed, I'm very uh, unlike the moon stuff. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not as brushy, um, of course. But um, I gotta ask Dave if this is like a permanent thing or if this is um, like she's just gonna do an arc. And then Dave's going to come back. I because there was no. Well, I think Wacker's done. I think that was he. He said goodbye, didn't he? Uh, I sure hope not. But um, you know, maybe. I I don't. Oh, uh, I didn't I read like it. I read in the socials him saying goodbye. Maybe I'm imagining that though. Uh, I really. I hope not. Um, n- no, no disrespect to Sophie. I, I I think her work's great. But I would still love to get that that turtles Wacker fix every mm-hmm. so often. There's a um. There's there was uh, in the um, the oral history on the back of the issue, they were talking about Jenica and um, and apparently um, when she um, Tom the the editor uh, approached Sophie a few years ago in a secret email exchange, saying that uh, they're going to mutate Jenica Turner into a turtle. Um, and so Sophie got to design Jenica as a turtle. And and um, and then Dave is also saying that he had drawn a lot of Jenica before. My earliest issues of Turtles were her defending Splinter from the mind-controlled Foot Clan. So I've been working with her basically since the beginning. And now for the big payoff, Jenica's transformation, her She-Hulk moment. Uh, she becomes the new turtle, and the script explicitly says, this is a big deal. This is the page. So Dave continues, as someone who makes their living as an artist, I thought immediately about the secondary market. I have been drawing turtles issues digitally, starting with issue 93. When this page came up, I figured, hey, let's draw that one physically. So I drew it, inked it by hand, and then I had a little piece of uh, history to sell. I wonder who's got that page. I don't know, but if you remember your Turtles history and the most recent uh, Toys That Made Us episode, Laird was vehemently against a female turtle. Like he said, hell no, it's not happening. And that was one of the things that pushed um, him and Kevin apart. I mean, the the marriage was probably the biggest thing, but right. you know he's just like female turtle, no way. And then yeah. that's exactly what happened in the uh, what was it? One of the cartoons, I think, or I don't I don't even remember because oh, I wasn't a huge TV turtle junkie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so now that you know there is a female turtle, I, I wonder how Peter feels about all this. I'm sure after sixty million dollars, doesn't really care all that much. <laughs> but whatever. So there you go. Yeah, good stuff. They're they're doing very very good things. Bobby Kerno, that was the other writer I couldn't think of in the um, Bobby Digital what? Bobby Kernow was the uh, <laughs> it was it was it was Eastman Kernow and and Waltz as the um, storytellers for the City of War arc. Yeah. 
So, Jason. Yes. Run with it. So, y'all know I love me the uh, European comics. You know this. Yeah, we know it. Yes. And on the Facebook a week or two ago, I shouted out how pleased I am with the business model of Europe comics. Uh, because not every, in a perfect world, every French or Belgian or Italian or Spanish graphic novel that came over here would be a massive demand and so like gangbusters and, but we don't live in a perfect world. And so a lot of times it's a risky proposition to get the rights to one of these books to go through the trouble of, of translating into English and reformatting and reprinting it. And Europe comics is the last few years has been trying to find a way to bridge that gap and the way they do it. I think it's very smart is they take, they acquire the digital rights to uh, a lot of these books and they translate it dig- uh, into English digitally and they provide it uh, as a digital comic primarily. And then uh, if there's enough demand or interest, they then sell or partner for the rights to make it in print. So um, maybe a year or two ago, I talked about the perineum technique. That's, that's one of their books and they've, they've had a bunch go to print over the years, but, but, but the vast majority of their catalog by design don't ever make it into print. And, um, at the, the year end sales and what have you, uh, somebody alerted me to the fact that, uh, Europe comics, you could, uh, we're having a sale as seemingly every publisher was on comiXology. And so I looked through and I ended up buying a few that I was previously unaware of. And the first one that I read uh, most excitedly because I had heard some good things about it was black water lilies um, by um, Casa grain Duval and Boosie. It's a, it was a, it's an adaptation of a novel by Michel Boosie, B U S S I. Uh, The comic in French originally was adapted by, Frédéric Duval, uh, and it's drawn by Casa Grain. Um, and it's a brilliant idea for turning something into a comic because it is set in the town where Monet was inspired to paint the famous Water Lily series. So inevitably, it's going to be beautiful visages because... He was, I mean, these are basically the same images that we so intimately associate with Monet's painting series. And it's a murder mystery that takes place in this town, in the park, where all of these water lily uh, ponds and lakes are. And it's a small village in France, and it introduces us to three women. Uh, The first was wicked, the second was a liar, and the third was selfish. And then each of these women, one is, is, a, is an older woman, a senior citizen. One is an absolute knock-down, knock drag-out bombshell of a 20-something school teacher, And the other is a precocious, sweet, everybody-loves-her 11-year-old girl. And we follow the path of each of these women in their respective lives as they um, – cross paths and, and associated in this small town. And they all are in some way connected to this murder where someone was killed in the park with their head bashed in by a rock. And we get uh, to follow each of their paths as well as the police investigators who are looking into the murder and the motives and therefore 
Uh, and we find out very quickly that one of the possible um, issues at play is that uh, of all the various and sundry Monet paintings, there was allegedly one that was never fully verified, but was believed to exist. And it was uh, the only time during his series of, of water lily works that he used black paint and it, hence the name black water lilies. And part of this mystery is, does it exist? If so, who owns it? Who else knew that they owned it? Is that part of the reason that there was a murder? Uh, and uh, you, the audience, if you, the, if you do read this, you'll know quickly the answer to that, but I don't want to give it away. Um, and it's basically a good old fashioned murder mystery from there. Um, the, it's, it's somewhat of an ensemble cast. You meet lots and lots of different people. Uh, Casa Green, as with many of these French uh, Bandesine, uh, the, the, the people are just beautiful, almost impossibly beautiful people, um, especially the women. Um, I would say that uh, artistically, Casa Green looks a bit like um, the love child of Dodson and Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, very much Albuquerque-esque faces and... Um, and anatomy, but uh, but then it's it's got this beautiful juxtaposition because the book is effectively now I don't and again I don't know what the, this the original hard co- the I don't know what the physical copies look like so it is a digital port of this but but the backgrounds are almost all meant by design to look like painted watercolors because obviously that's what water lilies were so it's just this it's just visually stunning especially if you have any appreciation for Monet uh, knowing Vince he probably hates Monet. Um, do you hate Monet? I don't hate Monet. You just like him. What kind of a Philistine would hate Monet? Well, you hate O'Keefe, so I wasn't. Oh, I hate O'Keefe. Yeah, but I would never put O'Keefe and Monet (laughs) in the same. No, I just yeah. Um, but no, and and I I'm gonna be vague about what happens because it is a murder mystery and it's a very well executed one and there's a number of twists. You may or may not, depending on how familiar you are with uh, this type of story. Figure out the twists as you go along. I guessed one of the major twists pretty quickly, but there was another one that I didn't see coming, and so that was enough for me to come away really satisfied. And um, I mean, if you like seeing beautiful women rendered in a book, then you got to get this book because the, I mean the 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 middle woman, the the teacher, is just astounding, and uh, she she has a thing for the detective. And, uh, you know, is it a thing because she's trying to take, take, take him off his scent or is it just a thing because she thinks he's handsome? Does she give into the temptation? All of that will be determined if you read the book, but, uh, it was a quick read It's probably, I don't know, maybe six issues worth of comic six, seven issues worth. Um, I hope this gets ported over to a hardcover at some point because it would make for a great hardcover. But if it doesn't, you can find it on Comicsology or Eurocomics.com. And uh, I thought it was great. Uh, just a very a very straightforward, well-executed, beautiful, clean murder mystery uh, in, a, in, a, in a, a really smart setting for, for, a visual, for a visual story, right? Which is, is, is take us into basically one of the most iconic paintings of all time. And that's what this did. So uh, two thumbs up for Blackwater Lilies. Sounds very good. Um, I'm going to check it out because I have no experience at all with this Euro, um, Europe, 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 Europe. Europe comics. It's not, isn't it weird that Dark Horse tried this 
like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the venture imprint that Dark yep. Horse had, where they would bring over and translate works from uh, Carlos Trillo and Eduardo Rizzo and yep. a bunch. But unfortunately, for every one that was, in my eyes, worthy of publication, there was like maybe two that really didn't hit the mark. From, yeah, sure. From, you know, so the the Europe comics are doing it the right way where the the risk factor is minimized. Like Dark Horse, it was all, in 2000, it was all paper, right? No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why I think this is smart because it I is. Think there is a lot of risk to these. I mean, even a book like this, I I, I don't I don't know what the market is for this kind of book. I, I, I have no idea. So th- this isn't a book I think a lot of comic shops would sell a lot of because the majority of comic shops cater to the capes and the cowls, sure. which is fine. I mean, that's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, I think you, you know, a, a shop like, uh, uh, like Stuart Ang or like, uh, or, uh, Quimby's or oh, shit, challengers, yeah. you know, yeah. you could go in th- those shops. You walk in, they could sell you on this book, beguiling but, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but this is not the kind of book that you're just going to, pick up and then and then with that said i'm sure if it was at a bookstore it might get a little bit of traction but it all depends on is it prominently featured because right uh i don't know that people are walking into u.s bookstores looking for bond sna necessarily so yeah I, I love the model i really do and and i was um on our facebook group i did post a thing about europe comics in this comic and also a list of some of the other books that they uh they have available and uh just scanning it quickly. I mean, it runs the gamut. Another we mentioned, we've talked a lot about them as magnetic, you know, which was just spun back out to its own. But but they are doing the same thing. Only they're doing mostly print. And um, you know, we don't know for sure, but I get the sense the magnetic's not exactly crushing it financially because right. for every Infinity Eight, they have stuff that people just aren't resonating with. So um, yeah, I like the model a lot, and uh, uh, I think it, I mean on Comicsology it was pretty cheap. I mean, I, I I feel like I paid six seven bucks for it. For a whole graphic novel, sweet. I'm gonna look into yeah. this. Yeah, it sounds yeah, very, good. very, very good. Yeah, yeah, listen, I mean, it's it's pretty simple stuff. If you like murder mysteries, and you like beautifully drawn women, and this isn't a sexual book. I mean, there is a there is a, some titillation, and there is a scene or two where the 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 middle woman, the woman in her late twenties, is is in bed with her lover. But but it's not. There's nothing like it's it's very PG. It's not. But that's even worse. As far as the titillation goes, because it's to me what you don't see is far more attractive. Oh, than, definitely. I than, mean, there are the, she's drawn sometimes where you wonder if if Casa Green drew her naked first and then right. put a plow flowers over her. Gotcha. You know, because you could pretty much see everything in the line. It's all there. Yeah, it's just colored to look like a blouse. Awesome. Hmm. Well, like I said, I have a pair of Antarctic books. And I know Jason likes to poke a little bit of fun at me once in a while for uh, my love, my consummate love for Antarctic. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, they have been trying different things lately. And, and lately, I say, because I've been with Ant- Antarctic from the beginning and yes, initially they were a Maramanga. They were a bunch of stateside dudes who loved the manga approach and the visual stylings, and they they crafted their works to 
in the same spirit, let's just say. He had Ben Dunn on Ninja High School, my man Fred Perry on um, Gold Digger. For a while, Antarctic, the majority of what they published was very much in the manga camp. But like I said, lately, they've been trying to diversify their, their line, I think, to really great effect. Because um, the two books I read, uh, recently published books, there's a little bit of a manga influence to the the latter, but very it's almost non-existent in the in the in the first one, and um, it is a series, a mini series, called Teether, written and illustrated by David Hutchison, and there's a uh, there's some pretty meaty back matter, but um, in the first issue, Hutchison claims that his goal with Teether was to create an old-school, splatterific creature feature, and then he, in the spirit of, and then he names three series. And I could feel my heart growing one size with every mention. He mentioned Gore Shriek, he mentioned Death Rattle, and Stephen Bissett's Taboo. So three bullseyes that locked me in. And I'm like, all right, you got me. Um, It's extreme horror it it takes place in carroll hill indiana it's a place like many american small towns that has its its legends and its mythology right most of it is pretty bad juju concerning missing people and headless remains it's not a nexus of paranormal activity like what's the name of the buffy town sunnydale sunnydale but there's some weird stuff going on in Carroll Hill, Indiana, right? So uh, it, it's it's a story about transformation. A group of kids, um, one of them named Saul, he finds this moldy grimoire in the Coal Hill Elementary Library. How a grimoire got in the Coal Hill Elementary Library is... You know, story for another day. But he finds this book, and he and his four friends set out into the woods to see if they can stir up anything, raise a demon, you know. Um, A boy named Dylan was supposed to go, but Dylan got sick. So the group asked a new kid in town, uh, a girl named Lily Quist, to go in his stead. So it gets dark. The kids are all huddled around a campfire, and Saul coaxes the bunch into trying a summoning spell from the book. Because, you know, if you want to get ahead in life, and you want to get everything you want, you got to summon a demon, right? Because they're so easy to control. Um, uh, he says, you know, play it right, and the demon will get you anything you want, even a puppy. So um, this that came from a, the mouth of a girl named Dove. So they read from the book. Uh oh. Sky opens up. Massive tentacled thousand mouth thing slithers out. Hell breaks loose, literally. The kids run. Lily, unfortunately, trips and falls. Mm. Yes. As so it gives the demon ample time to wrap her up in his its tendrils, and it lifts her up. And the poor kids, you know, she's exhausted, she's hurt, she's bleeding. Her head tilts back. 
and the thing just shears her head right off her neck. Damn. It is extremely graphic. When he brought up the name Gorshriek, he wasn't messing around because this book is violent as hell. And it's not, you know, quick cut scene away. He shows this girl's head being removed from her neck. And she's what, like maybe 12, 13, whatever. And so the kids get the hell out of there. They run. Oh, scatter. Get them. So next day in school, they get the word that a motorist found the headless remains of young Lily by the side of the road. Carol Hill is in full-blown panic mode. The city just boom, shuts the fuck down. Uh, on the playground, the kids are, as they want to do, they're talking, you know, and our four survivors know the score. Um, and amazingly, they plan to return to the woods to to see if they can, you know, see the demon again. It's like, what are you, you kids are insane, right? Um, but Dylan's back in school, right? And so, the, so they make this plan that, you know, let's go back again. But they never get the chance because Lily returns to school and begins to eat the faces and kill uh, all the kids that were involved in her um, ordeal. She, uh, she's resurrected somehow. And now she has the ability to transform into a creature not unlike the thing that came out of the, the, uh, the portal. She's eyeless. She's got a face full of razor-sharp teeth. Uh, and she's pissed. She's pissed at the kids that abandoned her. And she, she's going to get her revenge. She, she kills Jack, bites his entire face right off. You know, just guts him. Um, she eviscerates Chad. But she doesn't kill Dylan. Because the kid had no part in what went on, right? And some of the true details behind the incident begin to like trickle out. Turns out Dylan may have been chosen by the group specifically because Dylan's a new kid in town. Or uh, he, Lily is too, but Dylan has a little bit more time in the town than Lily, but new nonetheless, right? So they picked him to be the sacrificial lamb. Mm. Yes. And when Dylan couldn't show up, so they picked Lily, right? They don't really know her. She's new in town. Screw it. Let's get this new kid and we'll throw her as a sacrifice and everything would be cool. So the school's all locked down and you got this large bald man, presumably part of a local law enforcement. They never really say, um, he witnesses the details firsthand. He finds the body of, um, Jack and there's just like blood everywhere. Just ridiculous amounts of, of blood. Um, and he takes pictures of it and he's reporting to his superior and he's like, this is not good. Um, how do you know he's like well i'm right here i see the body of this kid and he's taking pictures and he's like yeah i'm gonna sell this to the highest bidder he's a real swell fella um and, but the sheriff and and his people can't really do much because they got their own hands full it seems the demon is turning the local fauna to its side so you got demon bears and deer and friggin raccoons like everything that lives in the woods is being turned by the demon they all have the same giant teeth blazing red eyes skeletal features it's insane right so while everything's going on at the school saul and dove say hey let's take this freaking book 
go back out into the woods and maybe maybe there's a spell in here that'll make the demon go away or at the very least bind it or whatever you know so it doesn't do it doesn't kill everybody uh but they that never works and they never really get the chance to do it because they run into a pack of demon turned uh mountain lions and and bears and shit this series i mean if you are of uh purient sensibilities do not read this series because it is like i said it's extremely violent um it's not monochromatic but the art and and uh david hutchison is a great illustrator a lot of people, even the ones we hold dear, a lot of artists have trouble with children. They, their kids don't look right. They look like shrunken adults, especially babies. You know, they, there's just something off about children. Hutchinson can draw the hell out of children. Um, there's a little bit of Michael Golden, a little bit of Alan Davis in some spots, a lot of Christopher Mitten. Because the mm. the art, and it may this may get David's panties in a bunch. The art ranges from extremely detailed and rendered, like full-on color work, beautifully modeled color with exquisite line work. And then two pages later, you got an umbral approach where you can see the pencil lines and some of the ink is just splashed on the page and the, the, you know, the, the pen nib is dragged across. It's, it ranges. Like some panels will have really dense backgrounds. Other panels, not so much. And I think the approach is um, intentional. It's, it's, it's this off-kilter weird look that some, some pages are almost black and white. He'll just do um, a highlight of red, and it calls for it a lot. Other pages are more cyan. Um, you get some pages that are full-on color. It's, it's, a, it's a, a, a mixing pot of just a bunch of different styles of rendering all within that the one visual voice obviously but it's it it's chaotic which i loved i mean that's my thing uh if a panel calls for just the head of this child turned into bloodthirsty killer beautifully rendered that's all i really need right there's one panel where she pretends she's a t-rex and her hands are all gnarled and she's covered in blood like this kid just ate her one-time friend, covered in blood, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful drawing. Um, I absolutely, I was stunned by this book because, like I said, it's not in the Antarctic wheelhouse, or at least it wasn't, but now that they've kind of opened it up to include a bunch of different approaches, I mean, wow, and it's only a four-issue miniseries, so it's not going to break the bank. Check it out, or wait till they collect it in trade. That's cool, but... I don't know if you're going to get all the back matter. Um, there's a lot of um, homage covers in the back. They do a couple McFarlane homage covers and an X-Men uh, with the characters from this, this miniseries. I think it was phenomenal. I, I, I was so surprised and astounded that I was like, whoa, this is... It's, it, it pushes you to a point where, I mean, there are kids being killed and eaten. Like it, it, it's harrowing stuff. You don't see this every day, but like I said, if you're not attuned to this kind of stuff, it may be a little too shocking for you. You know, like like it says on the front of uh, Dead World, 
Not for wussies. <laughs> and it, it, it's definitely not. It's a very visceral, um, below-the-belt uh, occult tale. And I, I just, it was made for me. So I, I, like Lily, I devoured it. And there's one issue left. So if if your shop, you know, is a little bit adventurous, you may find it still on the shelves. Scoop it up. If not, wait for the trade. But if you if you're a horror fan, by all means, get this friggin' book. One of the reasons why I chose this and my in your travels is because I think these are two artists, Hutchison and someone to be named later, that are going to explode. They're not going to be working in indie comics for long. Um, the, somebody at the big two are going to find them and they're going to scoop them up because they're that freaking good. And that's not a detriment. You know, I'm not slamming Antarctic. It's one of my favorite companies. But there's a there's a caliber that's perfectly comfortable at at the in the indie books. And you know, the the big two are looking for something very specific. And I think these two guys got it. So, check it out. Thanks. Teether from Antarctic. Actually Jason, sounds pretty good. No, I think you'll like it. Um, while you're talking, uh, unfortunately, as we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, the website is currently um, dysfunctional, let's just say. And usually what I'll do is I'll put a bunch of pages from... Um, the things we talk about on the website. But I can't do that now because it's dysfunctional. But uh, just do a Google search for Teether, uh, Antarctic Press, and you'll see. Uh, the guys are going to see because I'm uploading an image right now for them to look at. But y'all are going to have to just do your own searches for right now. Yeah. So there you go. Nice. Yep. Don't let it end. Um, I think, I don't know if you mentioned this on the EO Slackers Slack, or if you just said it in our little trio, but you, I think you and I do not see eye to eye when it comes to, um, Incoming. Incoming. Yes, the thing that kicks off uh, Marvel's 2020. You mean the, the $10? F- oh, dude, yeah, comic? no. I thought it was horrible. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was horrible. I mean, it, it's... I... Because as I was reading it, I was thinking that it, it reminds me in a way of... Um, of of rebirth or or countdown infinite crisis something to, something to that effect i i thought when i i what I, I i i thought the mystery aspect was cool but i didn't i i now every little chapter didn't make me want to run out and buy whatever's coming out over the next few months that that tied into this as far as just just looking at this this one issue, this, this, this almost hundred pager, um, I, I, I thought the art was more hit than miss. I thought, um, I thought the segue from each, each scene, uh, 
I, I I thought it worked. Even even when you know it was it was when we got to the to the venom part, um, in order to to cut to the scene with with Miles Morales, it was you know it was we're breaking news on a TV screen. Whereas earlier in the book, it was, it, it was, you know, Matt calling Jessica, which of course led us to, to Carol. And I just, I, I, no, nothing about it really made me think that this was, this was a waste. I, I obviously, yes, it, it was, it was a gimmick to, to let you know. I mean, following Marvel comics, 1000, here's the masked Raider and, and you'll see more of him. And now we've got this whole, you know, Kree Scroll War 2.0 and 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 other things coming over the course of the year. That that that's fine. You 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 pick what you want. When I because I hadn't read Incoming before I got to the Marvel previews. When I got to the first issue of Outlawed, I was like, this is the first three pages of of Civil War because it's it's teen superheroes that shouldn't be superheroes and let's have a law to to keep them from being superheroes. It's like well the new warriors blew up Connecticut and that led to the registration act. And I, I saw, I mean, did that, that felt like we've already kind of waited in this pool, but, um, but yeah, I, I think I, I, the, the most surprising thing to me was, was probably them trying to big up night thrasher. But I, I thought the, the Nova part, I, that looked beautiful. Those, those, those pages were, were absolutely stunning, but I, I think my major nit would have been some of the the characters and bios. We didn't we didn't get names and and powers with everybody. We 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 got them with a few because that's how the writers for those particular books handle their characters. But um, you know, when it came to the champions, you might not have known everybody there. You might not have known um, really who the the three X's were if you didn't. Read Marvel Comics 1000. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't flawless by any stretch. But I, based on your feelings of it, I I was expecting to not like it as much as I did. I guess I'll say. Hmm. Well, Vince on this one, yeah, That's it, cool. it felt like a free comic book day book. They charged me ten dollars for. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. I, it was like here's what's coming this year. Yep. Here's ten bucks for. It's like almost like paying like the. Grew through the Lincoln Tunnel. Like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Listen, it, it's. Oh, uh, I know you're it, not defending the price. I, I know you're not. Right, but it, it's. I mean, like I said, though, it's. It's if if no, we 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 gushed about DC Rebirth when that came out, and and we, um, and again, I mean, countdown to Infinite little things like that. They're all designed to to do that. But yeah, I mean, it, if if this was something that was, um, if if these were the last couple of pages of each of these particular comics that were like, like the whole thing with the, 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 the road to hunt for Wolverine's corpse. I mean, at, at the end of each issue, there was the, the after credit scene where it was just like right. Logan walking in. You know, yeah. If they yeah. did that in each issue, then that, that might not have, have heard so much. It was like the whole thing with the scourge whenever he would come mm-hmm. in after Captain America finished. And, it, but yeah, I mean, to, to read it all at once like that, I definitely, I mean, I, I can see it being off putting without, without a doubt. But as far as from from cover to cover, I didn't um, the the story that the creators were were tasked to tell. I didn't I didn't find um, insulting. Yeah, and in the, in the just the Kree Scroll two really? <laughs> there, there's there's well, no new ideas in the world. Well, th- well, 
I, also I'm have... open to that, actually, because, I mean, first of all, there's no, I mean, comics are, they rehash ideas all the time, but. It's true. Um, it is. This, true. Is, this is the Kree Scrolls United, right? It's more like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hulk, Hulkling is, is supposedly mm-hmm. becoming the leader of everybody and. Yeah, he united. He, he's, he's unified them, and or at least he's he's the leader of the unification, and and yeah, because because the 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 two, the Kree and the Skrull, from that Fantastic Four annual, um, you know they were at odds in the annual, and here they explain that um, the surviving one was explaining that uh, you know they they they've been friends for years and and were working together, and um, yeah, I, and and plus I, I would imagine that you know when you do something like that. If, if you're going to do a, a modern Cree scroll event, um, then that could maybe worm its way into um, an upcoming uh, MCU storyline. So I, I oh, no doubt, no doubt, saying that you know they're 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 purposely testing the waters or farming it out. But it, it's you know I, I can see anything being told today being used, and and because we're already seeing the reverse happen with the way characterizations are in the mcu flicks that uh a lot of them are in in the comics these days anyway but yeah no it's but yeah no it's it's, it was just a reminder that my interest in the stuff is is waning you know or or has waned for a long time uh at this point it's not even a case of like why don't you do new characters because i don't really care about those either Right. And and if 5G comes to pass, I probably won't care about what's going on at the other place. You know, it's just I, there There may be a time when you admit that it's just not doing it for me anymore. Right. I'm not saying a blanket. All their books are bad. That's certainly not the case. But it's right. just that to get me interested in a Marvel book, it's very, very, very hard these days. Sure. No, I, I get that, but it's. I, I think it's also. Um, I think we can also say, in in your case, right now, because you may not. When five G finally comes around, if it does, you may not be into it at the time. But well, three years later, when you find it at Ollie's, you know. Did, no, I mean, judging I, by I, the premise, I won't be interested in it. Right. At all. No, and that's fine. And and I'm I'm not I'm not going to flat out say. But I mean, we're. I, I think each of us has um, hit a lull in 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 some way. Sure. With, with the, I mean, Jason was still buying them, but I, he wasn't feeling the X books for a minute, and and you know, so I mean, we've I've I've walked away from Fantastic Four, and I've come back, and I've walked away, and I, the, the, but there are times where you know you're just like I'm that that's not doing it for me, and when someone comes on that I'm into, I'll I'll give it another shot but yeah it's it's there's, cause there's so much to read so why 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 bother if, if right that's if, the if, if there's any inkling that i'm not going to be driving to this then yeah right, right i'm moving on yeah i'm not going to read this i'll read headlopper you know there's plenty of stuff out there right so, but i just want it to be known that i'm not pooping on marvel i just i just don't find their stuff very interesting it's not for lack of quality or whatever it's just I, I think it's a case of the the guys that we, the not the old timers, the new guard. Now the new guard are stopping what they do. You know, Simonson's at IDW doing Ragnarok, and who knows? Like all those guys that were in the mid tier, 
back in in you know the eighties. Byrne, Simonson, the 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 stalwarts. Ordway, he's still doing what he's has done as well as he's ever done it. But like Marvel seems to be an influx of all these new guys writing characters that I really don't care about. Well, and I I know I know you you feel what you're saying, but I also will point out that I think. I was thinking a lot about this with the 11 o'clock screws is that because uh, I was kind of taking the same stance, which is like, boy, you know, I I'm into superhero comics way less than I ever have been. But then I thought about it and said, you know, but the thing is. That still is a lot of superhero comics, meaning. Back in the day, maybe we were just ravenous to read almost everything that these two companies put out and it mattered to us to be fully informed, but if we're down to reading five to 10 books that are superhero books, that's still a decent chunk. And that's why I say like, I would check you a little bit on what you're saying because I mean, in just the last few months, we have all universally sung immortal Hulk's praises. Sure. You, you, you spent an episode or two gushing about Donnie Cates, cosmic ghost rider and yep. Thanos. So yeah, it's not a wasteland, we, right? We all talked about Tom King's Batman and, so my point is, is we there are still books, there are still gems in 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 there, and, and some of the newer writers are still doing good things. We all, I know you haven't stuck with the X books, but but I certainly have, and Dap has, and you like Hox Pox, and sure. I'm just saying, like it, it, like it's not it's not a universal. Oh, I've got no time for these. I think what you really mean, at least I'm going to interpret what you mean, is that you just no longer feel that tractor beam pull to be immersed in the continuous universe, right? If 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 a story or a creator or an artist floats your boat, you're in it for a little while, and then you're probably back out. Yeah. And and that, that's how I am too. I mean, I I uh, no, no disrespect to Tinian, who I think is an excellent writer, but I'm totally good. I, I've read Batman continuously for far longer than I ever have in my life, so I'm good when when Tom, Tom's off the book, I, I mean, now that he's off the book, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that, that what comes next isn't going to be very good, but I'm good. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm Batman out for now. I, yeah, I, I'm and good I too. know that there are always going to be literally thousands of other Batman stories either that have already been released or that will subsequently be released that I can pick up on. Right. Like if Frank does, so, you know, Frank writes Batman, I'm on it. I mean, you were just, what is it? A couple weeks ago, you, you, you waxed poetically about uh, Green Lantern. Oh yeah, I think Green Lantern now is great, and even like oh, yeah, the new Fifty Two stuff I, I I enjoy a lot too. But the the fact that we aren't talking about Morrison's Green Lantern every week is kind of painful because it's really really good, right? But it's not the Green Lantern show; it's it's sure. it's the comic show. Like I love what Cooter's doing on Ghost Rider. I think it's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna catch up. Yeah, well, it's. I think it's amazing. It's, and I haven't uh-huh. seen it on your list. That's why I haven't. Like, it doesn't behoove me to talk about it. You both There's of you not. Issues. I'll have it yeah, for next time. Not reading it, but it's just great. Right. But it, it's like it's an island in a in a vast desert of stuff. I don't want to read the Immortal Hulk. You're dead on. Love it. But again, it's just it's a stepping stone. It's another little isolated pocket of gold amidst this whole bunch of noise. Now, uh, speak. This is a good segue. Speaking of DC and superhero comics, there is one that I think deftly skates your your current line of thinking and the old ways. And it's a book I know Daps read. I assume you've read it by now, Vince. 
And I thought it was fantastic. And I don't have any idea, by the way, if it's being well received by the public at large. And that is Wonder Woman Dead Earth by. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't read it. I have it. I didn't read it yet. You haven't read it? I have it, but I did not read it. Oh my goodness! I, I, I mean, we knew, listen. We knew a lot about this book. We knew it was, we knew it was happening. We, we, we saw pages. So it's, it's you know, we had a little inside scoop on this one. But uh, I thought it was fantastic, and I just, I don't have any clue as to whether this book is being celebrated, reviled, or somewhere in between by the, and I'm not talking about our crew or people that are already DWJ fans and are coming over from, from his creator owned work like murder Falcon and extremity and following him along here. I'm sure they are loving this, but I'm wondering the, the person who is picking up justice league and wonder woman and Superman and action and Batman, did they not try this? Did they love it? Did they hate it? Don't know. Maybe you guys know, I don't know, but I personally, this is exactly what I would hope it have been. And I think it's it's it, it, listen it's it's its own thing, but it, in a lot of ways, it's glory. Wonder Woman is glory. Oh, nice. Which is kind of meta because right, glory is kind of a sure a play on Wonder Woman. But it's it's Wonder Woman comes to in the far future. There's been an apocalypse. She 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 is confronted by a group of or met with a group of revolutionaries and. Uh, and she kind of gets jumped into the fray. She gets put into a gladiator pit, has to fight a, a mutated uh, cheetah. And you may remember D- Daniel showed us images of her. Uh, this is not your, your, your mom and dad's cheetah. This is, she's got an actual cheetah for a hand on her arm, straight kaiju out of, out of a super Siphon show. Um, so it's pretty, you know, it's pretty, um, it's groovy, man. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect. I think if you know if you know Daniel's work, and you know what pleases him, it's exactly what we expect. It's it's dirty, it's it's bloody, it's violent, uh, but at its core is a protagonist with a ton of heart. And uh, I was just gonna say that. Ah, there you go. So I really, really liked it. And again, I, I no kidding, I, I would have been shocked if I didn't like it. Um, and I am fascinated to find out how it's doing and if it's being well received by the. Uh, the broader comics community and Dap, I can assume you very much enjoyed it. I did not read it yet. What? What is the matter with you two? <laughs> well, you two secretly don't like reading Daniel Warren Johnson books. Oh, it's okay. Like, oh, let's read from Murder Falcon. Oh, yeah, I'll get around to that six months later. Uh, been read, but I, uh, Extremity was read as it was coming out. I've I've learned to I, I expected this to make a pretty fancy collection so i'm not buying the single issues for once yeah i'm double dipping on this just because it's daniel so i figured yeah i'll buy the singles and i'll buy the collected edition Mm -hmm. and maybe later on i'll turn around the singles but no i i mean i love the man's work and but i didn't get around to reading that first issue yet and i don't know what that means um Maybe I don't know. Maybe I was waiting till it. What is it? It's a three issue series. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, black, I, it's black label. Yeah. Out, out of continuity. That yeah, looks great. It, it it should be. I mean, I'm, I'm in that larger format. It it he's he's perfect for it. Yeah. There's some stuff you 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 read immediately, and there's some stuff you know way back in 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 the in the recesses of your mind that it's going to be really good, 
and you don't have any reservations about it. So I'm not as there's no immediacy to get to it to find out if it's good I, or not. I, I already know yeah. what I'm going to get with Daniel. So right, yeah. But I mean, it sounds like a cop out. It's not. I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm not going to. <sighs> so there you go. What else do we have? We gonna you want to just uh, pull the limo into the garage, or you want to keep going? Apropos of nothing, I, I, I saw here on the the slacks the images you posted of the art. That is that is some good good art. Yeah, the and little girl with the, with the mouth is something else. It's freaky as hell, right? Yeah, that is uh, that is something else. David Hutchison. Wow. Remember that name. You'll be hearing it a lot more soon. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all are a bunch of Debbie Downers, so. I, what? I do. Uh, I got plenty more to talk about. We well, then go ahead. What else you got? Okay. Well, I'm going to stick with the horror theme. I and love I saved the best. I saved the best for last. What? Yes. Uh, a creator that I know we're all big fans of. Vince is going to get a stiffy when I mention his name, Mr. David Hine. Oh, look at it. Wow. I know. Uh, not with <laughs> Shiki Kane this time, but that's okay. Yeah. This time he is with Mark Stafford. Okay. And this book was recommended to me on the Facebooks, I believe, by Mr. Jason Hart. If it's not Jason who recommended it, I will, I'm sure, be quickly reminded after you all listen to this, and I will correct that next week. But uh, either way, someone turned me on to this one in one of my weekly best thing I read this week posts. Someone a few weeks ago highlighted this book as the best thing they read that week. And I thought, well, this looks very, very interesting. Uh, let me pick it up and see what's doing. And that is the bad, bad place. Um, written by the aforementioned David Hine with art by Mark Stafford. And this, they've worked on several other graphic novels together. Um, Mark Stafford is very much, uh, uh, he's a very, it's a very exaggerated cartoony look um exaggerated anatomy uh, not dissimilar to um guy davis like uh, guy davis is is definitely i would say if i were i would imagine he would consider him a contemporary or an inspiration i'm not sure how old stafford is so probably contemporary but um in any event it's uh it's a cool premise there's a little town called faraway hills and they were going to um, build like a, a modern a series of McMansions or homes. Uh, things happened. The builder ran out of money, so it was just kind of decrepit. And suddenly one day, a uh, giant old haunted mansion appears out of nowhere. But it actually wasn't out of nowhere because this is the Castavetti estate. And it was in a state that apparently existed in the old days when the town was called Crouch Heath. And it had disappeared, thought to be raised or burnt down or what have you. And it reappears and suddenly people start disappearing. And we hear about all this through the narrator of the story, who is the town, basically the town crier. He's this funny looking old man who walks around in a Renaissance captain costume and a trumpet. And he's uh, doing the hear ye, hear ye's. And a woman, a young woman approaches him trying to figure out what's doing. And they sit down and through some coercion, he begins to tell her what's happening. 
And it's it's essentially a narrative about that, but then within that are a bunch of little horror stories about what happens to all these people that disappear. So you've got a guy who uh, basically it's one of those things where if you get too close to the house, you're going to hear music like a siren song, and that music's going to draw you in. And then once you go in, you never come out. But what happens to you when you're in there is very different. So there's a guy who does a scratch-off lottery, and he wins. But the wind gust blows the ticket into the uh, onto the front porch of the home. And then when he goes to get it, he walks in, and suddenly he's in a room with billions and billions of tickets. And he spends eternity trying to find the winning ticket. Mm. Um, there's So that's more of a psychological horror type of a thing. Then there's... Then there's uh, a thing where the mailman has to deliver uh, some legal documents and he gets called in with his daughter on his, he's taking his daughter to school and he gets called in and then he, um, he gets trapped in this eternity of his wife who, who he had gotten an argument that morning, um, cooking him the perfect breakfast and like eating him to death. And the, the, the daughter is stuck there too. And, and, uh, and there's just all these different little vignettes. Some are one page, some are three or four pages. Just little different horror stories about people's essential worst nightmares. Getting drawn into this house by this uh, this mysterious flautist and uh, this this pretty blonde woman uh, who coaxed them all in, and uh, and they all go in for their own reasons. Some some are a little more sinful to start. Some are relatively innocent. But but slowly but surely, more and more people are getting drawn in and not coming out. And uh, some there's there's just full on body horror. Some there's there's Cthulhu esque demons. Some there are again just psychological, like stuck in their own heads. Um, but uh, but through all this happening, the town is aware that it's happening, and we then get to hear through the town crier, who's been around for a long time, telling this woman, this girl, uh, young woman, about about the, all of this and and what the, the where the Casavetti estate is from, um, why it reappeared, who the people that live there were, and um, and it, and effectively the people inside the mansion have a major grudge with, with the town. And, um, and this is, this has come up and this is the revenge. And with the goal being that they had sworn and made all kinds of dark packs with the dark gods to enact revenge on everybody associated with the town. And that's essentially the book. And the book basically is kind of like that. The bad guys win. Like it's not, you know, I mean, it's not really a happy ending. I mean, I guess it's more like a horror movie where everybody dies, but maybe one person lives on to fight another day. Um, but for most people, they got they get got. And when you find out what the town did, although these people are the descendants and not necessarily to blame, you certainly can't you can't blame the the family for wanting the revenge. But it's it's it'd be one thing if the family were just normal humans or ghosts, but they're the the mother, the matriarch, to make this dark pact she essentially morphs into this disgusting gluttonous, just like almost like human caterpillar creature. That's it's like half job of the hut and half caterpillar. And she's got this gigantic slobbery grin and these giants like, 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 uh, like oval eyes and, and, and just slime coming all over her. And she's got tentacles and, she she gave birth to these all these little demon babies that eat people when they come in and it's just disgusting but it's drawn in this 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 way 
where it, uh, it it could fit perfectly into a BPRD story, and, and that's where I probably get the Guy Davis vibe from. But uh, but yeah, it's dark humor, and 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 it it if you're if you're into that, you kind of snicker, and it's just some of the stuff so gross. I mean, there's one scene where where these people go in for uh, effectively like a U.S. They, it's, they 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 think they're it's during the war, and they go in for like a USO tour, and all these GIs start making out with these with these. Uh, these beautiful USO women, but then they show you what's really happening, and it's these disgusting corpses with claw hands, and like they're eating the guys' necks, and it's just, it's just gross. And and but but each, it's not like the same kind of horror over and over again. All the all the imagery is horrifying, but but it's different types of horror. Uh, and so I give I give um, Stafford a ton of credit for just letting his mind go crazy and depicting all just just whatever was in his dark recesses of his mind. And, uh, yeah, and it's, 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 it's great. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a book that I think, um, would definitely be a book where if we were doing a Halloween episode and people were saying, can I get a quick horror book to read? This would be near the top of the last few years for me, just because it is self-contained. Um, and it's, it's not really an anthology because it's, it's all one singular narrative by two to collaborators, but, but it, it almost feels like an anthology just in that you get all these little vignettes of, uh, of twilight zone esque, uh, stories of what happens to these people when they come into the house. So, uh, I dug it the most man. Um, and it's by, it's printed by a, um, it's not a, it's not a print. It's not a publisher. We know well, it's soaring press, uh, soaring, sorry, soaring penguin press. Um, I don't know if that is a, a division of some, larger book publisher or not, but it's called Bad Bad Place by Soaring Penguin Press. And I got it off the Zon, so you can get it off Amazon, but uh, I don't think it's necessarily easily found in your typical comic book store. But uh, it's dope. It's a little hardcover. So the, the form factor is probably 10 by 7. A little bit smaller than, than a typical comic book page. And it's not too big. It's it's 100 and... Let's see, 100 and... Oh, I'm going to say there's no page numbers. I'm going to guess about 120, 130 pages. And uh, yeah, it came out last year. So it's a new book, too. It's not not an old reprint or anything. So uh, give it a try. You would definitely like it. That's for sure. It's all body horror and Cthulhu stuff. And it's, it's cool. I am a fan of David Hine. Strange Embrace. Yeah, uh, great yes, stuff. I, I know you are. Yeah. I'll look into it. Please do. I didn't know my wife was in it. When you said the Stop the giant, it. oh sorry, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> giving birth to demons, you do, right? <laughs> um, so there was, um, I, I, I mentioned this to, um, to 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 the patrons on the Slack uh, after years of my. Barbara telling my wife and I we need to watch Rick and Morty and um, my stepson telling us we need to watch Rick and Morty and a few other people here and there um, my wife and I have started watching Rick and Morty and we actually I think we finished the second season tonight so there's there's one more season Um, but I know I mean the show's been show premiered in 2013 and the fourth season, I think, started last November. So um, there were gaps between seasons. And um, so we'll be caught up soon. But I have a feeling that this is the kind of show where I'm going to go back and watch 
the earlier episodes again because um, a lot is packed into it. The show is is clever. It's funny. It's it's um, it can be a bit graphic, um, but I, I love the show. I I I, I dig the style, and I was um, while I was prepping um, some care packages, going through some some of the boxes I picked up from the comic shop, there was a random issue of Rick and Morty published by Oni. Um, and this was a series that, that Kyle Starks had written. And um, we've talked about Kyle on the show a bunch of times. We got to speak to him for a little bit at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago. But this particular issue um, was uh, illustrated by, the main story was illustrated by um, Benjamin Dewey. And it's it's kind of in a colored pencil-y, watercolory kind of kind of style, but it focuses on Beth, who is is Rick is is the mad scientist. He's the grandfather. Morty is his grandson. Um, Rick was a shitty father to Beth. Beth is a um, is is a vet is is a veterinarian who, who basically just takes care of horses she's a horse doctor and um jerry is her husband who is unemployed um is a is a former ad man he he, he's 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 a nebbish he's he's annoying um he's uh he doesn't bring much to the table and they have two children summer is their oldest daughter Morty's sister. So um, this particular story focuses on Beth, and and I'm, I'm anybody who hasn't seen the cartoon isn't going to get it. But I just this is one of those instances where, because um, we've all read, we all still read licensed properties as and as turned into comic books, whether it's Transformers, GI Joe, or Turtles, or Star Trek, whatever. But it's I never really got into any of the Bongo Simpsons comics. I it, it, it's for some reason cartoons. I don't tend to um, gravitate to their comic adaptations. Um, GI Joe probably be the only exception. And this actually, I, I don't know. The same thing with Adventure Time. I've read a couple of issues, but but for the most part, I like Adventure Time being the cartoon. But Starks was he did a bang up job in 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 capturing the um the characters from the cartoon in the comic definitely here um Beth in 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 the struggle she has in in this particular story because it starts off with um Jerry being his typical asshole self because um he asks her to to bring home um salsa and uh did pick up some salsa on the way home and, and he but of course you know he's unemployed why can't you do it and he's like well i can't go out i don't have any clean clothes she's like well why don't you do the laundry and he's like well we don't have any detergent and he's like well don't make me out to be the bad guy because you know it's not my fault we ran a detergent you're in charge and he's just he's being a real dick so she she goes to work they're selling the the owner of the horse hospital is is um retiring and giving it to his son his son's going to turn the hospital into like condos and a mall and he's going to sell the land and um 
there's a real touching moment with with a patient and uh and and the patient's horse and then it all goes to shit in typical Rick and Morty fashion, but it it was just one of those things where I mean I I I had I put this down for I actually had to sit for a second because I couldn't believe that this not only felt like this could have been an episode, but it actually made me care about the characters on a cartoon where the characters in this cartoon aren't all peaches and cream. Each of them, whether it's 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 Jerry, Summer, Morty, all of them have have flaws and at some point when you're watching the show over the course of the season you're going to call one of them an asshole and 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 nobody is um is 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 pure on the show but this was um i just i needed to at least well after the fact i don't know when this when this actually was uh this came out in 2017 but this was um yeah i just i i well after the fact, but I, I, I wanted to give props to, to Kyle and and to everybody else involved in this. And then there's a backup story where where it's just Rick and Morty in in, um, in space, which is typical for the show. Um, and again, it it and and the style in in the backup was a lot more reminiscent to what you get on the show. But um, yeah, I I'm going to um, seek out some other issues if if anything if they're in close to what was presented here um but yeah that, so 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 that's something so we're finally watching the show and um and yeah if uh if you've been and like you said earlier jason with some of your shows you don't some of it's just background noise some of it's just so you know you can say that you're aware of it but but this is this is a show you kind of have to pay attention to so i, I understand if it's going to go on the mm-hmm. back burner for a bit because you do have quite a few other things in the queue right. but yeah i definitely definitely by all means recommend rick and morty without a doubt but but yeah this um the only adaptation was uh, definitely on point what issue number was that 30 gotcha there you go i got the first year uh, the first season on uh, on Blu-ray. We're watching it on uh, on Hulu, but I I think I wouldn't mind owning it. I think it's um... well. Don't buy it because I'll give you mine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you watch it? I watched four episodes. Not your thing. Kids like it? Not a fan. Okay. Kids either? No, they don't like it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All my kids dig it. I I, I gotta say. I, I, Give it one try. I didn't care for it at all. Um, like I said, I may give it another try just because it seems to be universally loved. But I, yeah, I didn't, didn't, didn't wasn't vibing on it the first time. Not a, not a uh, pointing fingers at you, Dap. It just didn't, it didn't. <laughs> I didn't think you were. I no, it's just uh, I don't know. No, I I can definitely see it. Um, turning people off and it it's it and again you know at first glance i it's it's like you know um whatever the hell that 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 five nights at freddy's or whatever I, like there are certain things where i'm like i don't right, get right. it i don't know what the hell this is i don't and i i saw this and i was like what's with this you know knockoff doc brown and, and marty 
thing that like everybody's yeah. loving. And I just, but you know, you actually, you sit down and you, and you take a second and you're just thrown into this world and you know, it's, it's alternate universes and it's different, different versions of characters. And, mm-hmm. and if something happens on this earth, well, maybe they'll just go ahead to, to another one and pick up where they left off. You just, you don't, you don't know where things go and, and things tend to also, none of the, it's not like it's Simpsons where things are, at the end of the episode, everything is right back where it was at the beginning and we yeah. just move on to the next. There is actually things that, that happen that, you know, get thrown back from the first season. And, and so, so things kind of matter and, and there's a overarching story, but I, I don't, you know, I don't find the humor to be um, crass or rude or off. It, it's just, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where it, it's tickling a fancy and, and I, I it, maybe it's just, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to be in the right place, at the right time. And um, this was, it, if, if I, forced myself to sit down when everybody was first telling me to watch it there may have been some resistance and i probably yeah. wouldn't have been you know all all but i mean now that it was just my pace i felt like sitting down we we turned it on and and yeah and it's it's one of those things where we'll blow through a couple episodes o- over a couple of days and it's a medium pace uh no no because if if um because if we're going to start the third season this weekend, and and there's only however many episodes in that, fast-paced, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of fast paced. Oker. All right, whole bunch of different stuff this time around. Throwing lots at you. That's right. You know who else throws a lot at you? Who? Discount Comic Book Service. Oh, I should Usually. Guess that. Buckets <laughs> of stuff. DCBService.com has the books you want at the price you want to pay. Wrapped all nice and safe and secure and shipped to your door, your home. You don't have to do anything. You just hop on the website, bing, 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 I want this, I want this, and you'll get it. DCBService.com, they're the best. Go check them out. In your travels. Yeah, I told you I had two Antarctic books. This is the second. Oh. It is... It is the, I wouldn't, no, because I wouldn't make you Mm -hmm. sit through that, my friend. I love you too much. One of these days, I'm going to do a a grand retrospective of Gold Digger. 250 issues, 25 years, one creator, Fred Perry. I believe you did it after the 200th for what it's worth. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, there's been 50 issues since then. I'm saying. Right. Uh, One issue of Gold Digger is like 12 of anybody else's. He just packs the thing with with content uh but whatever this is the bureau of alien detection and supernatural sightings aka badass yes it's an acronym organization um everything was done soup to nuts by a super beast in the making mr adrian nelson and i said it's published by antarctic uh when the issue opens you have a uh, a member of Badass. Uh, his name is Sergeant Jordan, and he's in a bad kind of way because he survived, uh, the only survivor of an encounter. He was sent on a mission to retrieve what was called a Class B organism. Unfortunately, the organism was misclassified. It was actually a Class S organet- organism. Uh, the members of Badass are all augmented, genetically, cybernetically, whatever. And the organism in question 
was a parasite. So initially, it was in, it was bonded with an unaugmented organism, human being, and that's when it was originally classified, but it jumped hosts into a badass soldier, and its classification rose accordingly. The entire squad was eliminated, very graphically, uh, except for Sergeant Jordan, who reviewed the entire mission from his um, hospital bed, thanks to the data-collecting nanites in his blood. He watched his downfall, as if he was a casual observer. Um, And he also watched his friends uh, succumb to the parasite. But, thankfully for Jordan, an alien powerhouse is en route to Earth to train a new badass member, and she detects the creature and proceeds to save the day. Uh, She's nicknamed Cece, because her name uh, is a tongue twister containing 40 consonants. Um, she's regarded as the strongest entity ever recorded by badass. I mean, she's built like a brick shit house, Massive arms and legs. Um, voluminous breasts. She's like a juiced up version of She-Hulk. She's gargantuan. Um, Jordan is immediately sent back into the field He's overseeing the training of this new recruit. Uh, the new recruit's name is Seer, and he's a katana-wielding uh, master of, of combat. He's demolished all previous aptitude scores. They can't call up uh, a scenario in their training room, a la Danger Room, to stymie the guy. Like, he's so good. Um, but the issue ends with uh, the, quote, virtually unkillable and highly infectious parasite it's uh on its way to badass and they're under the impression that you know the the thing jumped into a bunch of different hosts it's dormant it's it's contained it's not it's not contained um they're wrong but this uh adrian nelson guy is a phenomenal talent think alien legion drawn by michael golden and uh trying to get the uh, another one but it it's it's very clean it, it it's very manga-esque but it's a very clean line the women are phenomenally gorgeous even the alien cc she's she's thick as my son say would say with 3 c's mm-hmm. um but she's he knows from thick she's beautiful yeah she's beautiful and big and chunky and she has a presence uh the guys are all super super handsome i mean it's a it's a very attractive book um it's mostly done in um it's almost black and white Mm -hmm. yeah it's weird color here there yeah yeah but um there'll be a flourish of red when the storyline calls for it you know what i mean uh there's a lot of uh screens a lot of dot screens which won me over Mm -hmm. as well uh i thought it was just an unbelievably good first issue and again i was a little salty because some of this appeared in exciting comics which i already bought it's an anthology and now i gotta buy it again in this first issue you know it's it's a it's it's a bit of a pain but it's okay because when when the I mean we rationalize everything when the uh, 
the product is this attractive, I really don't mind paying for a couple pages again. So it's badass from Antarctic, written, drawn, lettered, the whole ball of wax by um, Adrian Nelson. And uh, in lieu of our website, if you'd like to see Adrian Nelson's work, just Google it, Adrian Nelson Badass, and you'll see what I'm talking about. This guy is a monster talent in the making. He's already fully formed. Now the big guy's got to get notice of him. And they will. It's going to happen. You mark my words. This guy's going to be huge. Especially with you champing him. I don't know about that. But I just... <laughs> his... His um his work is very very pleasing to my eyes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, extremely so. Little, it's a little intentionally rough here and then. Like his his lines are are mostly clean, but he'll go in and dirty it up a little bit when the when the narrative calls for it. Like it's just great. It's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh mentioned. I've read two comics when I got home yesterday. Um, Turtles being one. The second one. Um, is the 12th issue. Of Young Justice. I'm not going to. Belabor the point. This. The, the, this, the reason why. I wanted to call attention to this particular issue um, even though I think I've mentioned just about all of them at this point in, in, in this segment of the show but um, I really really felt for Connor in this issue uh, is at the end of the previous issue after they're back on their earth and everything's fine and they meet Naomi and, and they're and they're in um, Washington and and um, or, sorry, Portland and 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 there, Robin is is trying to reach out to to Batman and and spoiler let them know he's home and and Connor goes back to Star Labs to see Do- and and Doctor Glory is there and Doctor Glory is the person who ended up sending him to Gem World so long ago and uh, now he's been zapped away. Unfortunately, this time now, um, he is on or in uh, Skataris, and he is face-to-face with Warlord. So he ends up having a second where he, he, he just, he, he needs a moment because he just went from, um, He has no idea. So, so, so he was in Gem World for however long. His friends found him. They 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 go through this entire ordeal through the multiverse. Finally, come home, and he was finally going to face the woman that threw his entire life into disarray. Uh, he was going to have his moment, and he ends up um, here, somewhere where nobody else knows him, and and he just he. Um, he kind of breaks down a bit and it, and it's one of those things where you just, when you've kind of done everything you can do and, and, and you're at your wit's end, um, there's only so much a person can take. So I, I definitely kind of, um, in context got where Connor was feeling, but the rest of the team, 
they they meet up with um Zan and Jaina because um Teen Lantern and um Wonder Girl go to the um the Hall of Justice because they need to find some Justice Leaguers so they can everything can be explained. Justice Leaguers are off world. Um and it's 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 the finale of of you know the whole multiverse caper, but it's also the beginning of um, whatever's coming next because now it looks like you have um, Naomi and the Wonder Twins and Dial H for Hero and, and everybody has um, has kind of come together. So I know that we have the upcoming Amethyst miniseries from. Um, from Amy Reader. I don't know if that's going to be um, about uh, her time in Gemworld while she was in Gemworld, or if it's if, if it's happening now. But it, it's there's whatever Bendis has been building up to with with the Wonder Comics imprint seems to finally um, be coming what it he, he was intending it to be. But yeah, I, I, and again, it, and, and the art by Tim's is is absolutely stunning. But yeah, I um. Have been enjoying this book up till now, but but this particular issue, the, the, there were there were things in it that that kind of just really um, hit me. So uh, in your travels, as usual, Young Justice. <laughs> as usual, I like that. Um, so I mentioned that uh, one of the things I like to do is go through the year end best of and favorites and all that sort of thing. To uh, usually because there's lots of things that rise to the top. And are even in spite of our prolific reading pace and our uh, open minds to be exposed to lots of comics and perusing through previews every month, you still miss stuff. You know, you still miss books completely that you didn't even remember seeing and solicited or they just didn't capture you at the time. And then they end up being fantastic. And um, so I always compile a list of that and then usually hit up uh, place an order just to get a a stack of them to catch up and read. And one of the books that, um, that was on pretty much every list, at least any list that wasn't totally focused on, on big two mainstream stuff. Uh, and, um, shout out to Cam Hathaway who posted the comics journals, um, best of 2019. And it was really a compilation of all the different TCJ contributors offering their views. And, each of them is very different tastes and ranged from mini comics that you really wouldn't be able to get unless you met the creator in person to relatively mainstream books and everything in between. But uh, it was quite a comprehensive list as a result, and it was fertile ground. And one of the books that was most probably of all, the, it's probably the book that was the most often mentioned among the disparate contributors. And that was uh, The Hard Tomorrow by Eleanor Davis, which was published by Drawn Quarterly. Now, some of you may remember last year I spoke about Eleanor Davis's 2018 book which was why art and i implored vince to read it i don't remember if you ever did um but uh but this is is quite a departure why art was very much an experimental look at the very nature of creating visual art and uh the inspiration for it and the process behind it it was uh it was essentially a, a, a just a a thought journey very 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 creative and and unusual and uh thought-provoking um, without a, a, a narrative beyond that. Uh, this is a, a much more straightforward work of fiction. Um, and I will juxtapose this against 
uh, the book that I called my book of the year a few weeks back, uh, the boy, uh, the boy, the what the hell's the name of it? The that boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Thank you. And the, boy, the, mole, the fox, and the stop. Um, <laughs> and the reason I like that book so much is because I think it was clearly a book made for the times we live in. But what I liked about it, it was it was a very optimistic escape from that cycle of negativity that we're stuck in a lot because of the media these days. Whereas I think this book is is very much a mirror image or the other side of the coin. Uh, it's it's I, I understand the praise for it. I think it's 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 certainly worthy of 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 its accolades. But for me, it's exactly the kind of book I don't want to be reading at this time because this book takes a look at the, t- the situation of today and just tells you a story about it. And so if anything, it draws you further into the hopelessness of you can feel when you start thinking about all the reasons that the world seemingly isn't going the way we hoped it would from climate change to big government, to social media and spying to lies and fake news and, um, since I can't help but live in that world, and also professionally speaking, I have to think about that stuff a lot. Um, I'm very much in the mindset where I get so much of that in other parts of my life that I can't escape from that I'm not sure I want to read fiction about it, if that makes sense. Yep. So the criticism I have for the book is not at all about Eleanor's efforts or her uh, ability to uh, deliver what I think she was trying to deliver. It's just that for me, I'm not in the right place to read this and enjoy it. Um, now, what is it about? Well, it's on the cover. You see, it's a a, a uh, raven-haired woman, uh, kind of almost dancing, pulling off a grape from a from a, or, or at least a piece of some type of, of fruit from a tree, um, looking relatively relaxed. And and the book starts off that way. She, um, the protagonist, is. Uh, a woman probably in her early 30s. Her name is Hannah. She lives in a van off the grid with her husband, Johnny. And it seems like they own some kind of plot of land because she's imploring Johnny to build, to finally get off his ass and build this house that she's, he's supposedly going to build. But he's a stoner and he's got no motivation. So every day she goes off to work as a home health care, home, home care worker, and he's supposed to start building the house and he just gets high. Um, but she's cool with it. Like she's, she's still hopeful that he's going to build a house and she's also trying to get pregnant and it all starts very hopeful. But, but then we start to realize that Hannah is uh, an anti-war activist and uh, she's very caught up in that and things go astray there. Um, She's having difficulty getting pregnant. Um, She's getting more and more frustrated with Johnny. Uh, Johnny gets, um, he finally gets off his ass to help build, start building a house. And so he elicits the help of a buddy of his, uh, who is a more handy guy, but that guy's like your, his name is Tyler, but that guy's like your classic, uh, conspiracy theorist. He is convinced that drones follow you around, that your devices are listening to your every whim, that, uh, if you say anything wrong around any electronic device, the government's going to come and take you away. Uh, he's a bit of misogynist. He's got tons of weapons at his home. He always wants to speak in hushed tones and not, and, and and whispers, that sort of thing, right? And 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 he, Johnny's like this, you know. Johnny doesn't take him too seriously, but but he ends up getting embroiled in Tyler's bullshit and and 
let's just say things go astray. So they, they both Hannah and Johnny end up getting beset by some pretty significant tragedies. Um, and like nothing really goes well for them. And I, I think it's pretty clear that Eleanor is trying to say that the world's a tough place right now. And that, um, it's a, it's, t- it's, it's a tough spot. And, and underlying that is this narrative of, of, of wanting to, wanting to be a family unit, wanting to have kids, but then having this sense of existential dread about uh, bringing a kid into this world, and should you? And, you know, again, like, these are all interesting ideas, and I, I think for a lot of people, probably very poignant in the moment, and they're feeling these things viscerally. And any time a book can evoke a strong emotional reaction in you, it's it's probably a, an accomplishment. So I, I have to praise the book for its execution. Uh, and as I said with Why Art, I think Eleanor is a, a very talented storyteller and a very talented cartoonist. She's She shows off her chops here, and she's got a very confident line. It's it's There are no, pre, there are no protra, tr, protractors or rulers here. It's just her free hand. Um so all, all praise there as well. So it, I give this like an A for execution because I suspect it's exactly what she wanted it to be. Uh, but a, a a big hard pass for, for me in terms of did I enjoy it, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense, yeah. Yeah. So. I get it. I, I wonder sometimes with books like this, make for an interesting discussion on another time books that are so clearly of the time that they're written, how they hold up. Yeah. Well, you don't know unless, uh, or you can't know until time passes. And by the time we remember that we said, Hey, we should check that out. It's probably, you know, a foregone conclusion. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, um, I, I have to admit, it's not something I would, I looked at the art and I, and I like her, her, uh, her line work, her brushwork and stuff. But it, again, it's, it's not something that I would want to read. I, I feel. No, right. Well, this is, that's the thing. I mean, this is a book that the solicit would be far more up my alley than yours. Mm -hmm. You can see why I would have thought, oh, okay, this, this, this sounds good. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I. Like I said, I, if, if, if you're feeling like you want to be caught up in all of the shit we're caught up with in the news every day, then give this a read. If you, if you want your comics to be an escape, then, then uh, let somebody else tell you about this book and then move on. Right. This would be going to the care package, though, for one of you lucky devils. Nice. So I don't need <laughs> to hold on to it. Yeah, I don't want to descend into negativity, but I received a bunch of stuff in my last my past couple boxes that are just being turned right around, going out into quick, the A quick turnaround, huh? Yeah. 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 It happens. It does. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to us one more time around. Uh, if you want more of this, go to the Twitter and the Facebook and um, Reddit and Instagram and all that kind of stuff because we're there. Also, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. And in the meantime... Make yourself at home and say, say goodnight. What was that? Did I hear something? (laughs) (laughs) David.
I had fun with that one. That was a good one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I did. Uh, what I... was that? Did I hear something? <laughs> uh, He's got to stopwatch. I know he does. He has to. That makes zero 100%. sense. Yeah. David, He's, no he's got one of them things that when you play chess... He's got an egg timer. That's right, that's an egg timer. Yeah. The hourglass. I just won't look. I marked to see how long the sound is. Uh, sound falling down. The sound. sound. You're almost Tim Curry there. <laughs> sound. <laughs> <laughs> He's a riot on Twitter. He really is. Who's this? Tim Curry. Oh, I don't follow him. Wait. <laughs> No, I'm saying. What do you mean? I don't. I'm not saying I don't follow him. Like no, I mean because I don't. Because of his current state, I mean he's yes. he's older, yeah. and, and he's you know frequently he's in a wheelchair and stuff. And people Is he really, yeah, and, yeah, and, oh, yeah and, and, and you have assholes that'll come on and and just be like, yeah, I remember the guy in Rocky Horror, and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, he just he very cleverly, not just blatant like that. He, he'll he'll reshape their comment into like I'm doing just fine. You know, I'm right. t- I'm Tim freaking Curry. So that's cool. Yeah, no, he's he doesn't suffer fools either. Yeah, real excited about this good omens. Did you read the book, Vince? Did not. You into the British humor? I forget. Mighty Boosh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> Monty Python, sure. It had mine, but yeah, you know, I I do I like the the British comedy, sure. I was very impressed with the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> little little pregnant pause there. I had to finish it. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying I I was I, no I I was just waiting to see if you, I didn't know if there was a punchline. Uh, no. no, I really did like I I didn't I I have not read a lot of Gaiman, um, and not because I have anything against him, I just white space type of thing and uh so i i wasn't even i was only tacitly aware that the show even existed but uh in our slack somebody mentioned it and that they thought it would be up my alley and they were absolutely right it it's very very much felt like a douglas adams type of thing to me so all respect to uh to everyone who turned me on to it it's an amazon show yeah you sure. game and wrote and directed it I, right Oh, I didn't know you knew that. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, okay. I'm 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 up on the Amazons. I right. I, I frequently watch things. You watch I, any of the uh, Apples? Apple TV? Yeah. Hell no, no. Not, not even the Servant. I don't know what that is. That's M Night Shyamalan's show. Yeah, no, no. I don't watch regular TV anymore. If neither do I. I was actually just talking to Beth about that. Like, why do we keep our Direct TV? I because yeah. I mean <laughs> I. I am so overwhelmed right now with between just the streaming services stuff. People keep telling me I would love and things I mean to watch. And yep. the kids all watch reruns never ending. Like Dap said, they, they watch the Hulu and they watch the, you know, so I, I, I don't, I don't think we'd really miss it. No, I'm trying to get rid of the cable too. Um, my watching, uh, my, vid- my viewing habits rank from number one, YouTube. Ninety percent, ninety percent of what I watch is is YouTube. Like, what do you watch? Um, you're gonna make fun of me if I tell you. No, I'm, yeah. I'm no, I'm genuinely curious because my kids say the same thing, and I just think, I are you searching for things and then just watching videos about what you search for? No, there's um, 
God damn it. The, there, there's a lot of paranormal investigators on YouTube. Okay. I watch, I watch, I watch Franco TV. I watch the clip shows like Sir Spooks. And, um, yes, I watch Chills. And, uh, you say all these things like I'm supposed to have an opinion on it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I watch Chills. I'm Nuke, like, no, you know, not Chills. No, yeah, Chills is an acquired taste. Um, Nukes Top Five, like, and then I'll branch off and I, I sample all the, the investigators, but the majority of them don't pass muster. They this is why you went on that rant recently. Yeah, their their results are spurious at best. Like they they they're, they're very unbelievable bullshit goes on. That's why I look for credible guys. That, I was going to say, isn't that an oxymoron? Hell no, 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 no. No, I, I'm okay. a I'm a skeptical believer. I know you are. I know. Yes. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And, and and there are there's Franco is awesome. The guy's got a good heart. Is in like James Franco? The actor, no, his or? he his on YouTube. He's Franco TV. Franco Adventures TV, and and he'll wow. go he'll go to graveyards and abandoned buildings and abandoned you know insane asylums and stuff like that. And uh, he's got he doesn't employ all the tools that the others use, but he just comes across to me as a very credible human being with a lot of heart who just wants to experience stuff. Then you got that asshole, that Zach Bagans guy from from ghost adventures like that's the zach bagans of the world are the ones i would rather not watch because i think they're all just they're they're it's a sure it's a charade it's it's just it's not true they're just on those things to 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 be on tv where i think some of them do it because they're genuinely searching for answers right but there's few and far between there's not many of those guys. Out and there. I presume you need to watch a lot of them to figure out who's who. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, but it just takes, you could tell, it just takes one or two episodes to, to reveal the, the true intent behind an investigator. Most of them are just jokers. They're whatever. I've been scratched. Okay, prove that. Well, you can't. You can't prove it. Unless you can reproduce the the, the results or at least document and verify the results by some kind of credible device not a stupid box that just keeps tuning to random radios that's ridiculous that means nothing it's not evidence it's bullshit right see you opened the door why'd you do it (laughs) (laughs) hook line and sinker yeah i know but no i love the paranormal stuff and the weird stuff there's a lot I, i love when these guys order black boxes or mystery boxes from the dark web, and they open it up, and there's like bloody tampons in it. And oh my god! Uh, oh yeah, it's, it, the shit oh, that see, these. Now you're descending into madness. No, but I love madness. I love the weird stuff. D- didn't you ever hear about the 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 dark web no. mystery boxes? I, you act as though like I. It, it, who who isn't the you, point of the dark web to not hear about it? No, if you got the Bitcoin, you can buy. And the, the Again, pri- I don't have the Bitcoin because Bitcoin is ridiculous. Well, whatever. <laughs> if you got the Bitcoin, you can buy these boxes, which range from you know a couple hundred bucks to thousands of dollars, and you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes, why would you spend thousands of dollars on a thing you don't know what you're getting? I don't know, dude. But a lot of people do, and they document it on YouTube. They have the rubber gloves on and the mat. Fucking imbeciles. No, really, and they'll open the box, and it'll be like. You know, discarded electronics, but there'll be a foot 
in the box. Like, like, what? no, really, like, like, uh, crime. And how's the FBI not all over this? I'm sure they are. Come on, how's the FBI not? All? The FBI is probably the ones that are selling, sending them out. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> this is gonna make for great, make great. Be, no, be, you, be real. You, come on, nothing goes nothing goes on in this country without the the alphabet agencies knowing about it. Nothing, seriously. Alexa listens to every conversation you have. Who? <laughs> it was on Echo. <laughs> Why do you think they call it Echo, dude? I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't believe any of that. I don't really care about that. But it's entertainment for me, most of all. But. It has to be for for it to be enjoyable. I have to believe in the participants, and there are very, very, very few in which mm-hmm. I I actually believe. But then there's some on Amazon. But I I like the Netflix. Netflix is cool. There's a lot of stuff to watch on Netflix. Yeah. Which is what I'm saying. Why do we need the stupid cable? But the kids are hard pressed to give up it. Give it up. But that's because they're not paying for it. They exactly. They exactly. They don't need it. Yeah. Every night, Nina, her her viewing uh, schedule is she'll watch Friends, which I don't know if she still does because I think they took it off. They took it off. Yeah. yeah. She'll watch Seinfeld. She'll watch The Office every single night. Right. Like, why? I told you, Jackson has watched The Office seven times. Oh, Nina has him beat by uh, multiples of that. That is insane. To I me. know. He's 14 years old. Like, uh, like there's there's a lot of living to be done. Seriously. At 14. It's it's depressing. So the moral or the 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 point of all this is just trying to dump the cable. It they just they they're holding on to it white knuckled for dear life, and I don't know why. It's stupid. Thanks for listening to this stuff at the end that mm-hmm. you know you didn't know was going to happen. But of all the the commonly held conspiracy theories, which one do you ascribe the most truth to? UFOs? How is that a conspiracy theory? Things that the general public thinks of as conspiracy theory. Yeah. Most people don't believe in UFOs. I'm saying things that that would be considered a culty or but that most people Yeah, don't no. Believe. Okay, yeah. The the most people are narrow-minded and dumb. Yes, yes. I do so believe. I'm saying UFOs would be Yes. Nicer. Yes. Okay. Yes. What about something fringier then cuz I if I would agree a lot Bigfoot. of foot even people like me agree that there's got to be a extraterrestrial life. Now whether they've ever come to this earth I, I that's You, you do I know think. that Zach is at his keyboard as soon as he hears this and he's going to let me have it, right? Oh, of course, of yeah. course. This is, no, this is um skeptic. uh Bigfoot is real. Meaning in what way? What do you mean in what way? There's a there's an organism out there that is somewhere between primates and and man. Okay. Yeah, that's I don't point. know whether it's extraterrestrial or not, but there have been too many credible witnesses, and, and ah, he's going to kill me. I'm not saying anymore. Loch Ness? Yeah. Stop. You, you, you yes. make... <laughs> because I was obsessed with Loch Ness as a kid. I do believe, yes. Okay. Uh, Jersey Devil? Yes. This is getting good. Um, Flatwoods Monster? Yes. Mothman? Yes. Yes. I don't know what that is. Either. Yeah, I believe in in all of it. Okay. Like cat people in Kentucky? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was just making up words. Yeah. No, no. There's a there's a, a member of Stern's Whack Pack that uh, 
uh, high register Sean, and he's a conspiracy theorist, and he believes that cat people sneak onto his property, and uh, he's always trying to capture them. The one I have, a, the the biggest one that I have the most problem with is David Icke, and the reptilians, the shapeshifters that are that have invested themselves into all branches of government and. It, yeah, Howard's uh, into that too. Yeah, I I'm not sure about that. You're not sure about it, okay? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. You're open to it though. And the whole Anunnaki thing is a little bit. Don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I I at least give someone the chance to speak, and I will watch those things. But I'm I'm not entirely convinced about the uh, the reptilians. Yeah. Why did you bring this up? I believe you brought it up. Yeah. We're so out I'm of really glad I'm really glad it happened though. <laughs> okay. We're out of here. We love you so much. Words cannot express how much we love you. And we would hope that you would come back for our next episode. Say goodnight, boys. Lady y'all. Good night, boys. <laughs>